0: Transform you in the, I hate a storm, hell Marys, I make it full. good I ain't lying, you little giants, we been defiant, price, what's the cost to be the boss, breaking down the walls, we all lean once the coin guitars, got the kind of action, never do no need to scramble to get traction, we make it happen, from two, four, two, four, three four to three.
1: The founder of Slapdick Podcast, Slapdick uh, Whiskey, Slapdick Cigars, and the author of, uh, Hit me now, love me later. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Jason Brown.
2: Straight, no chaser, real raw and uncut.
1: Coach, every time you come on, I laugh, I learn something, and then I fear that somebody's going to be incredibly pissed off with what you said.
2: All-around hustler. Make no mistake about it. I've done this for a long time. I try to eliminate this soft society we have.
1: They're legend. Roman what the fuck is it? It? Oh!
2: Hate me now, love me later, like my book says.
1: This was presented by Slap Thick Whiskey. Hell, Hell yeah! Slap Thick yeah. Whiskey's good. So are the Stogies. Some real talk, real good flavor on these things, and the burn is excellent.
3: Beautiful burn. Okay. Yes, sir. Slap Whiskey, Slap Thick cigars.
2: Be true to yourself, and see if, if if some shit changes for the for the worse or for the better. They asked me to do a podcast. I said, let's call it the Slap Podcast. What up? What up? What up? YouTube. What up? What up? Appreciate everybody coming on. In man, I got the main man, my main man, D Train, coming in here right now, man. So we're gonna get the party a little started a little early. So I appreciate him coming in, um, get the party going. Dontrell, what up, man?
1: You man?
2: I'm just a squirrel in your world, big daddy. Oh, uh, never on? that. I'm a am I'm I'm squirrel trying to get a nut, dog. I'm trying to be like you, brother. <laughs> shit. <clears throat> what's going nah, down? You in L.A.? Make huh? Make our-
1: yeah, I'm in Los Angeles in uh, downtown. Um, I do a little pregame and a uh, pre and post game show for the Dodger Network, and then I also uh, do Fox Baseball. So, man, you know, I'm learning to kiss the corporate ass really well thus far. You know, so.
2: Hey, man. It's going well shit. Thus far. I'm. Hey, I, I feel you, brother. You know, it's a good old boy ass world we're in, homeboy. <laughs> shit. <laughs> hey, hey, I love the shirt though. I man, I got a story for you, bro. I didn't even know my grandpa man played uh pro baseball back in the day and he was with uh the St. Louis Browns at the time. They were be- that was okay. before shit. That I think the Texas Rangers or the Indians bought them out. I don't know, but he played in the- he played against Negro League players back then cuz this was like in shit. He struck out Babe Ruth 3 times.
1: Ah. So hey, yeah, hey, I got
2: I got hey, I got a bat, a ball, hand. a glove. I got a bunch of shit signed. He was uh he was Dizzy Dean's roommate.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, and and shit. A lot of
2: motherfuckers don't even know who that is.
1: Hey, hey, listen, that's when they were smoking cigarettes all in the dugout and shit like that. They're, 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 that was uh, uh the the the, the old time feel of baseball, the essence of baseball, man. This, you know, guys going out there and, and and playing two games and then getting on the bus and going to another city playing another game. So the grind the grind was real back then, but they loved it.
2: Hell yeah, and, and this occult that his brother, they call him smoking Joe Brown. This motherfucker sh- p- killed a batter. <laughs> Hit him in the head with like a ninety-five mile an hour pitch back in nineteen like twenty whatever, and uh, and my grandpa man was on ESPN years ago. Remember the segment they used to do when we were young called "Where Where Are They Now"?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: my grandpa pitched a doubleheader, dog. No shit. Now I, I wasn't there. Obviously, this is in fucking nineteen twenty. <laughs> he, he pitched the first. He pitched a doubleheader. The first game right handed. The second game left handed.
1: Nah, it ain't enough Advil in the world for me to do <laughs> some shit like that, but that's impressive. That that that's impressive, but that's what I mean. You know, that's old school baseball at its finest. You know, everyone threw 300 innings, and and now you know, not to say we not, but not built the same. But you know, I've been on the DL for some hangnails and shit like that, so it's not the same. They don't they don't they don't build them the same like they used to. Hey, uh,
2: Dontrelle Willis joining the Hate Me Now Love Me Later show, man, on YouTube. I appreciate everybody coming in. They call him D Train, man. Two time All Star, Major League Baseball World Series champ current Fox Sports broadcaster man I appreciate you coming in so you're from the town huh Oaktown?
1: Yes sir uh born in East Oakland uh grew up in a town called Alameda that's where the uh, yep. Raiders used to uh, have their practice facility yep. um but uh you know fun Bay Area native man love the bay um the slang No doubt. the athletics I mean you know it, it's it's uh it's an area that we feel like we're slept on, and so we're built with a, a, a chip on our shoulder. But, uh, you know, no matter where you put us, you know, rather, you know, we're, we're well-traveled, well you know what I mean? We can oh, blend in anywhere. So the diversity of it all, uh, the culture, um, the athletics, you know, there's a lot of dogs in, in every sport that have come out of the Bay Area yeah. that still do. So, you know, and you know the football's great out there, you know, De La Salle, you know what I mean, Sally Leandro, everybody. Skyline, Oakland, Tech Pittsburgh pittsburgh too it still does a good job has a program so you know the athletics whether it be baseball basketball or football man is always top notch in the bay area
2: nah no doubt man being from compton especially the only white boy shit you know i love oak town folks <laughs> i used to go up there all the time man we used to go up there and uh you know all the time I always had respect for uh for for oak town man so too short e40 one of my favorites so you know i I repped E40 on Netflix. You know what I'm saying, so I had to. Hey, hey
1: that, that that you know that 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 show, man. Um, you know this, the grittiness of it. Um, I I related to the 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 coaching method because I grew up in that. You know, tough love. But you know, you recognize the love when you when you break down the barrier. You know what I mean? And so. You know, I I, I just love how they detailed this the, the struggle of of this you trying to you know establish yourself, but I'm just telling them that hey man, you got a chance to do something great, man. You know, there, there, there's a future in this if you focus. You know, so but this is the clash between the adults and the kids. Yeah. You know, I was that kid too that you had to make do pushups and shit, and <laughs> you know what I mean, things like that. It's like, dude, do you see what we're trying to beat down your head? And and finally, when that wall comes down uh and and the kid appreciates the 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 coach and what they're saying you know it's a beautiful thing so i love how they just you know chronicalize the ups and downs and in the end the the the, the victory especially in in season one man so yeah i I really enjoy that show man
2: Nah, i appreciate it yeah you know the thing about it is man i don't know if that if that's still a thing no more like the kids that i I just had my 10th kid drafted in the first round jermaine johnson this year uh with the jets my thing is the kids that accepted it and could take a little bit of an MF or an ass ripping or, or, but knew you loved them genuinely. Cause these kids, you know, everyone calls them all these different names, dog. They call them dumb. They call them this. They call them that, but they're not stupid. And, you know, we, us growing up being from the hood, we, we, we could reckon real recognize is real and you're going to see through a cat if he's lying to you, a teacher, a coach, whatever. And the cats that recognize that I was about their, uh you know had their best interest they they make it they're in the league there are 28 of them in the league they they go on to college 250 they graduate they go on and and do good things so the ones that deny it and 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 suck their teeth think you're hating on them and all that they don't make it.
1: it you know it it you know i i have i have daughters and and sometimes i tell them you know sometimes being embarrassed is good because you can use that to be like, man, I never wanna feel that again, whether it be in the classroom, whether it be called out, you know? And listen, I I played with a lot of guys that were more talented than I was, but as I got older, I understood if I was, if I was more consistent with my work and I focused and I, you know, stayed out of trouble and did the little things, you know, I think I would get where I wanna go. And it's tough, man, like you're an independence canvas like the focus really needs to be like you know like juco reminds me a lot of minor league baseball where you're on these buses for 15 hours you got to grind and you're eating top ramen and some chicken fingers and you just came off the of two practices and shit. you know what i mean there's this little things like that so it it, it it can break a dude if you're not really focused and you believe in the faith that something better is going to be in front of you man so you know those bear crawls suck man when you know you think you're not going to be able to go anywhere after this so i, I love what you. Said said there was a line in the show that he said y'all smoking weed in independence kansas and like and you just paused for a second it was like guys like you know what I mean, figure this out that i'm trying to help y'all man there ain't no like yeah. ain't no la yeah. it ain't
2: no oakland there ain't no <laughs> clubs to go to at night there ain't nothing to taco bell dog like oh man oh it, uh, it man funny, it was funny. this shit is crazy man I, I don't know it's like people don't get it but you know it is what it is. Hey, let me ask you something. You, you win the World Series, and you finish second in the Cy Young to Chris Carpenter uh, later on. Would you trade that shit for that award, or is it all, all about the win?
1: Nah, man. It, 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 winning a championship at any level, and, and the funny thing about that is I never sniffed one after that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So you You put in perspective of, like, being able to win a championship, especially us beating the Giants, the Cubs, and the Yankees, you know, three historical franchises. And and just the rise that we had as a club for the Miami Marlins now, but they were the Florida Marlins then, and how we just galvanized the city. And and at the time, the franchise, no one was going to the games. You couldn't give away tickets to the damn games, kind of like Independence. Yeah. the the beginning where people just didn't believe in the product, you know what I mean? So, you know, to be able to be a part of a group, that turned it around and shocked the world, and in what more historical place than the Yankee Stadium? So they they, have, they got 27 titles. They can get four to one. So you know it, it was a fun run, man. So I would never trade anything for that.
2: No doubt. Now, do you do you think if I asked that question to somebody that's a little younger in today's game, do you think they would answer the same way? Because I think the money has kind of. Made them nearsighted, man. Like they, they, they chase the bag over competition. I mean, look at the KDs, the Kyrie's, the, the, the Kyler Murrays. Look at all these cats. You know, uh, this cat just demanded a trade t- yesterday from the Bears. Roy, Royquan Smith. I mean, cats are That's demanding right. trades now. Other, rather than just fight it out, play with the brothers you signed up to play for, and gut it out and try to win something similar to how you did in Florida. Okay, we were, we weren't shit when we got here, but we're gonna make this shit go and you know kobe Bryant, you know all the old school cats that never really left and they said we're going to make this team Allen iverson said to the other day i wouldn't have traded any teammates i'm going to make them the best they could be and i'm going to win with whoever i got
1: um uh, i don't know it, it it's tough man because you know this generation now it, it, it just and no disrespect to any generation and i hate when they compare generations but these cats seem to be more in tune about what's, are more involved in what's going on in the front office. See, I didn't even know what my damn assistant GM looked like when I was, <laughs> you know what right. I mean? And now these guys have enough power now to make decisions for roster moves and everything like that. So if they see a situation coming that that's not gonna be feasible for them to get the bag, they're like, I'm up out of here, man. You know what I mean? And so it, it it's, it's different for them, you know what I mean? I think they're this more in tune. now. If you get the right person, and I I love hearing interviews about when kids are sincerely uh, about winning, you still got those guys that don't care about anything else and they want to go out there and, you know, taste champagne. I mean, look at Clayton Kershaw right now. I mean, he's done everything he can stop doing right now. He's a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer, but all he cares about is really winning. So... Again, look at Dan Marino. <laughs> you know, I got I, I see Dan Marino all the time in Miami, and he's like, man, i give anything to get a World Series. It's like, this is Dan Marino. Right, <laughs> right. I mean? So I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can make so much money, and I get it, you know, the bags there. But I think there's still people in the end that want to taste that champagne at the end of the road. And, you know, the thing
2: is, too, the bag is not the same as it was even even in early 2000s with you. Like, it's totally different. So, like, we can never really put ourselves in that position. Like, you know, I was on the practice squad with the Chiefs. Like, dog, the money wasn't shit compared to, to, to now practice squad. So, like, you know, uh, for you, I'm sure you'd be you'd probably be like, damn, I wish I could strike out ba- uh, Barry Bonds right now in 2022, <laughs> right?
1: i mean listen i could make a five era look real good nowadays there's a lot of guys that got five eras in the league and i ain't hating but i could make it look pretty right now but no absolutely i remember uh i was talking to my friend about my first uh paycheck in 2003 was 15 grand and i thought i was the richest guy in the world like you know what i'm saying like yeah i had a mustang gt you couldn't tell me anything in miami i thought i was the shit. like you know what I mean, but it, you know it's all perspective now, and, and it's a different monster with these the, the the new agreements that the likeness and these kids are now are in college that they're, they're making all this money and there's no cap on it. It's like it's, is it going to be hard to tell this dude to run out or run out of baseball or go do some Yeah, and he's making seven million, You know what I mean? But nah, I I don't know, man. I'm I'm not hating on it. I I, I love it. I just. Um, you just hope that it doesn't take away from their fight and their love for the game. Nah, no doubt,
2: man. I, I saw the, the, the hard knocks clip last night of De- Detroit lions and the hard knocks deal is out. And, uh, the running back is in there crying in the huddle, talking to the team. Like, man, I'm, I'm tired of being losers. I'm tired of losing. Um, if you ain't with it, you know, bounce. And you don't see that a lot no more in, from an NFL or, or an NBA or a guy like that. That's making more money than they ever have in the sport. Um, so it was good to see. It's kind of refreshing. Um, but man, who was your hardest out?
1: Oh man, that's a big ass frat, man. You struck
2: out bay um, you struck out Barry Bonds twice, man, in a in a in a crucial game. Uh, <laughs> I think I think he was sitting on like seven hundred and fifty-four home runs or something when you did that.
1: Yeah, that that was surreal because obviously I'm from the Bay Area. He's from the Bay Area. I mean, I've never seen so many canoes in that water. It looked like a bowl of cereal. Like, they just was, you know, it was just a whole thing that was around it. And and looking back on it now, it was this outer body in that experience because every time he came up to the plate, they switched out the balls to have like barcodes and stuff on it. So, you know, authenticity if he hits the home run. So it gave the crowd. Yeah, it was crazy. They gave the crowd all this time to get energy. And so I remember the first time I lifted my leg up. I almost fell back because the flash from everybody taking a picture at the same time shit. almost threw me off. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, dude, this shit is real. Like, Damn. You know I mean? so yeah, yeah, it, it was it was really cool. And my family, you know, they're cutting to me, like they hoping I don't give it up, but they ain't gonna be mad if I do give it up. You know what I mean? And shit like that. So, <laughs> no, so, yeah, so yeah. You know, like we had a bet and most people don't know this, but I, I think I might've told this story once, but me and him had a bet that if i strike him out he's got to sign me a bat so literally jay i i threw my hardest pitches of the year i think i was like 95 to 97 miles an hour and to the rest of the team i was 88 to 89. so literally i was going another gear to Hyped, hit him yeah out. and and so when i was able to strike him out man it, you know he, he uh i think he popped up struck out and got a base hit and so I'm in the tunnel with my family, and I can't even remember if we won the game or not, but my family's just so excited that I went after him. And so I get a top of my shoulder, and it's him. And he has the bat right in his hand Damn! And gives it to me and hugs my family. And he says, I would have whipped your ass in my Pittsburgh days. So, you know, <laughs> give it a little, a little young buggy, a little jab there. But uh really, really cool experience to be a part of.
2: Man, no doubt. Yeah, he's actually, I think, from Riverside, Cali, up here, uh, in IE, out here, uh, born and raised. Him, Reggie Miller's from the same area. There's a lot of great ones. Um from this area. What? Let me ask you this, though. Talking about Barry Bonds, do you feel that him, Roger Clemens, deserve to be in the hall? Pete Rose?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I do. I, I, I do. And, and and Pete, you know, I got a chance to work with Pete. Uh, uh, Pete's, uh, uh, <laughs> how can you say, complex, if you will. You know what I mean? And I love Petey, but he's complex. I mean, he's always been kind of controversial, especially, you know, with the gambling. But it's just a weird thing now because all sports is run off of gambling now. You know the weather. You know who's hurt, who's sick. You know, you know whose wife is sick. Like, I mean, it is nuts now with the gambling now that sports is so much surrounding. And as far as Barry and Roger, I mean, if you want to put something beside their name, I mean, it's not my Hall of Fame; it's their Hall of Fame. If you know, but at the same time, getting a chance to play on the same battlefield with those guys there was no one better on the field uh, uh, as far as what they did. Throwing the baseball and hitting the baseball as well.
2: No doubt. You know, I put it in perspective, man. It's all, it, perception's reality. You know that shit. And it's crazy because Phil Mickelson supposedly owes a, a, a loan shark around $200 million. And he... What? Yeah, dog. And he's now in the Live tournament. You know, he left the PGA. He's with the Live. And he owes a cat $200 million as a pro golfer. They're independent contractors, but... I just ask myself, like, what is the difference this cat gambling and a Pete Rose uh, who gambles? And then the NFL suspends a, a young brother last year for fucking whole season. And then you, you, you debating about Deshaun Watson, you know, doing the shit he's doing. So, like, I'm just tripping on the whole, like, what is the real thing? You know, how do cats really evaluate individual shit? Because I'm just like, I don't give a if it If Pete Rose don't belong in the Hall of Fame, you're out your damn mind, like, as far as a player. And I thought we only judged what we did on the field. It's like taking Reggie Bush's Heisman away. I, I It didn't change anything he did on the field. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever they say about him off the field is is something else
1: i listen that reggie bush thing uh, you know i got a chance to work with him on fox and he's a really good dude and i told him i said man you a better man than me because they would have to come find that trophy at my house no <laughs> disrespect bro like you know what i'm saying like because I, I i ran those yards hell yeah like, no but uh, and no disrespect i mean he's a class class act and that's why he gave it back and, and i respect that too but listen man it, you know I, I love my country i really do i'm proud to be american but you know it, it it's the hu- hypocrisy of our democracy you know one thing fits for sometimes it doesn't fit for others and i'm like look man i'm a washed up left-hander and i'm a decent analyst on tv i got my own damn problems i got four daughters you know i i got you know what i mean it, 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 it sounds selfish but hey I, I i can't make a what fits for one person and what fits for another person you know what i mean so yeah that's something nah, hate- you don't have the home no but you don't have the home run king you don't have you don't have the Cy Young King in right. the Hall of Fame, you don't have
2: the Hit King. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Know,
1: like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like
2: NFL not having the touchdown leader, the the, th- the touchdown thrower, man. and the kicker. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's the same thing to me. And I I feel you on the daughter thing. I got I got a daughter, man. She's 23, and I tell her, hey, man, boys are fucking dream killers. You better stay the fuck away from them. <laughs> I, I tell them that shit all the time. like, shit, you know, it is what it is, but... Uh, let me ask you this real quick. What is the biggest difference you see in today's players in the major leagues versus when you played, or even in the early two thousands? Is there?
1: Um, I think in this athletics in general, they're more in tune of their brand, like a brand, like they that's something that seems to be really on their minds at an early age. Now, do you do you
2: do you years. do you put that? Do you kind of uh, equate that uh, solely to because of the social media availability, cell phones, and all that?
1: Uh, I mean... Yes, that helps because, you know, we didn't come up with Twitter. Like, you know, yeah. as far as if you're a 35 and up person, you didn't come up with that. You didn't have Instagram. But now you can see what somebody is doing in, in Colorado and you live in Miami and vice versa. Like, you know, the reach is so much different. You know what I mean? So, and you're loving it now. They're getting slick with these highlight videos. I mean, even the kids I know in the minor leagues got highlight videos. It's like, damn, man. Like, can you edit me one shit? That's yeah. Like, you know. We're shit at. Yeah, so it it it's one of those things where like it's it's a sign of the times because you know, Jay, we we came up with pagers and we thought we was the shit with that pager. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Nine one one Yeah, exactly. Eight, two, three and all that stuff. (laughs) But, you know, the the money, the money behind all of it, I think everybody's starting to really understand that you can make some serious dough, you know, just putting things that you do on a daily basis now. So it's a different monster that I don't think any of us saw coming.
2: Man, let me let me share this video real quick. Everyone, it's all out there uh, real quick. Um, As you you can watch it right on the screen, I'm going to show it. But this is the little league kid that hit the kid in the head. And kid uh, hugs him. I just want to show the, the, the crowd real quick, the crew that's watching.
1: Oh, look out. Gosh.
4: Wow, that is a tough kid right there. Hey,
2: Jarvis, it hit his helmet. So this is really cool because as a pitcher, Bubs looks shaken up right now. Because what, what do you what do you take what do you take from that? Like this is my thing. I, you know, I'm all for it. I, I get it. They're kids. I don't think kids should be. Uh... You know, uh, I think kids like, I, you know, there's a big time video of the little white kid running up to the little black kid and hugging him. That was a huge viral thing. You know, I think I'm I'm with, I'm with the guys that like I think racism is one of those learned traits, uh, just like any of these other things. You know, my thing is, though, uh, I guess it's all perspective, man, because no way in hell is my daddy going to allow me to go out there and hug that little kid after he hit me in the head. Right. I think it goes back to how you were raised and who you were raised with. Not that we were going to fight them either, but at the same time, it was a competitive thing. We're Man, I'm going to hit a home run next time, or I'm going to score, or I'm going to steal this base on you. Nowadays, is it just because – I know I hate comparing generations like you, but is it just because of what we're going through right now, basically either from the parents in the home or how they're being raised, or do you think this is just the norm now, man? We're just cool with it. Uh, the competitive fire is not what it once was.
1: No, I, I, I think, well, first and foremost, like, I respect what the kids did in the interaction because even though they're in a Little League playoff, to go to the Little League World Series, all those kids dream, he can tell that the kid's shook up. Now, the kid don't even, you know, you know he doesn't even know, he doesn't want to throw a pitch to the next batter because he just realizes he hit somebody in the head, even though, He's okay. That might have been the first time that he did something like that. And even in the major leagues, I've thrown some balls that have gotten away from me. And listen, look, yeah, I want to kick your ass, man, but I don't want to see you hurt. Sure. Like, you know, so that, that, that's also there's that, perspective in that. But I do get what you're saying because my mother was like that. My mom – I love my mom, but she was a hard-nosed lady in the sense of, like, you go out there and you play hard and, you know I mean, we'll figure it out after. But – no, I, I I like that, Now I commend the parents because you can hear the coaches in the background saying, "Man, go 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 handle that." You know, the winning became secondary in the sense of a teachable moment. Yeah. Because if the pitcher's on the mound, he might never want to pitch again after something like that. You know what I mean? And you, you don't want a kid's dream shattered by something that was accidental. You know what I mean? Yeah, Especially yeah. at that
2: age. No, I hear you. No, so, no, so, no, that's why I wanted yeah, your take. Yeah. I, I thought you would be the perfect person to get that take. Um, let me ask you this, man. I'm, I'm from Compton. I actually had a, a little a little thumbprint on this deal. So at Compton College, late 90s, the Major League Baseball came in there. Dodgers, Angels, they came in there, and they basically put in a uh, Major League uh, Baseball Academy at Compton College. And I'm sure you're aware of it. You know about it. And it was to push... Black kids, like black Americans, right? Not See, a lot of people don't know that a lot of blacks in Major League Baseball people are ignorant and they don't understand. There's a lot of Puerto Ricans, Dominicans. Um, just because your skin tone is black doesn't mean you're uh, American, right? And people are trying to get inner city youth, um, African-American, American black kids involved in baseball. It's been happening for a long time. We actually were there when we cut the ribbon on the deal. I played at Compton and I was later the head coach. Um, Reggie Miller's brother actually ran the grounds and did the turf and everything on that, on that, at that, at that facility, a great facility for being at Compton. It actually helped the college cause it was so bad. Um, where are we at now though, man? It, it has, it, I haven't seen it grow as far as like, uh, what we thought it would, you know, and especially having guys like Jackie Robinson in this game, you would think young cats want to follow that, uh, suit, but, um, has that even helped, or, or, or are we stagnant? Or? Oh yeah.
1: Oh uh, no, no, no. It, it, it's it, it's coming. I want to say four of the first six picks of this year's draft for black, for African Americans. Like, and so I think people, especially our generation, they understand that's you know we want our kids to play football, but there's more discussion about the concussions and things that come with football. So all of a sudden, now baseball is slowly moving back to seeing the, the, the Jackie Robinson series and, and things like that, and these academies and what have you popping up, and now they're using athletes. And they're just explaining more that you can be athletic. You can play multiple sports and still play baseball. All these kids do, you know what I mean? So, and they I understand that. the longevity. And let's keep it a book. They, everybody reads the paper and has the internet. These these baseball contracts are getting out of control. Like, and I love it. You know, you love to see it. It's 300 million, 400 million. It's a lot of chips with dips. So whether you White or black, you like, man? Let me put a bat in this kid's hand because you know maybe he has a chance, you know, to go to college and do more greater things, you know. But uh, no, it's it, it slowly coming. There's a a, um, a group called the Players Alliance. That've been around the country, who's headed by Cece Sebastian, Edward Jackson, and you know they give equipment because in the inner cities that's the that's the hardest part, being able to buy equipment. You know these bats are three hundred dollars, these gloves are three hundred dollars, but now you start to put these free gloves and these free bats in some kids' hands. One, they start to believe in the game, and two, they have the the, the resources to go out there and play the game, and now they learn to love the game. So now it's slowly but surely starting to uh, be a uptick again.
2: Nah, no, that's tight. I, I was, I was with cc man at uh scottsdale golfing man i'm i'm good friends with pat perez and uh i'm actually gonna have john daly on my show tomorrow i had uh i had mark calcovecchi on yesterday legendary golfer but um so cc's always in scottsdale playing uh pat's home course and shit he's good friends with the owner of the well, silver yeah, yeah, leaf Silverleaf.
1: Silverleaf is not i live i live there I oh shit! There, so I, I'm a member at yeah, I'm a member at DC Ranch, which is the course right next door. So oh, like, uh, okay, I live in, so, man. Yeah, so I know all about Silverleaf and that. first uh. world problems up there. Uh.
2: First world up there. <laughs> hey, we got to hook up. I'm always there with Pat Perez, man. So okay, yeah, I'm always out there. So it's a good deal. He, he's my boy, but yeah, uh, that Silverleaf man, it's, it's fucking like 200 degrees though. Last week, I had to get out of there.
1: Man, it's it's Africa out there, bro. That's you like got that early tea times, man.
2: Man,
1: That's like early tea times, man. Again, no doubt. Stuff like that. No but yeah, doubt. Still a nice course, a nice area. I'm
2: like shit, um, man. How how much uh, did did Vince Scully mean to you and all that? Especially now that you're in the Dodgers organization, did you you got any stories about that? And, and how how instrumental was he? Is he kind of like on the Not not white or black, but basically the the overall thing, like a Jackie Robinson meant to the players like Vin Scully had to meet a lot to not only players, but his whole like uh, in the media. You think Vin Scully's kind of equates to the media as Jackie does the players?
1: Absolutely. And I mean, you're from Compton. I mean, he transcended race. You know what I mean? It didn't matter what neighborhood you were from. You know, I mean, everybody loved Vin Scully was good in every neighborhood in in Los Angeles. He played football games, too. Right, right. You know, I mean, And so many calls that you didn't know that he was even a part of. I mean, the the Buckner ball through the legs. You know, Hank Aaron's record breaking home run call. You know, so many different timeless calls. And and so for to be with the organization for sixty seven years. I mean, you devoted your time and your life and your family basically for the organization. And so. He's one of the best all time. There will never be another Vin Scully. That's why everybody, you know, between him and Bill Russell, you know, back to that back days passing, it's like, you're never gonna see another Bill Russell. You're never gonna see another Vin Scully, one of the great narrators of sports. And he had an iconic smile. Every time you seen him, I met him three times, you felt um, anointed almost. Yeah. Like it was like a, you know, like a knighthood, like that he even knew your name. So uh, a well respected a guy that, that did his due diligence, but uh Really, just a normal guy that just loved talking baseball and talking sports, man. And I think that was the the, the best thing of his
2: mistake. Man, what got you into this uh, broadcasting booth? It, it, are, now, are you with the La- uh, Dodgers or are you with Fox Sports?
1: I'm with both, man. I, I've been hating on people for a long time. It's a good living on that. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> um, uh, I started with Fox Sports uh, uh, MLB on a national uh, scale as far as, you know, the group that we have is like me, you know, Eric Caros, uh Big Poppy Ortiz, Alex Rodriguez, Kevin Burkhardt. So a really talented group. And then uh, I uh, end up getting hired as a special assistant for the Dodgers for the minor leagues. Uh, Will Rhymes, who's the head of the minor leagues, the farm system is a good friend of mine. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, their broadcast team for the Dodgers saw me and and said, hey, we want to give D-Train a try. So it's been going really well, man. And it's been fun. And, you know, the Dodgers, you know, the the Dodgers unite L.A. It's the one team that brings the whole city together. So there's a lot of high expectations for the ball club as well as for the broadcasters. So it's been going really well and it's been fun. So it's really, really been a good group to be a part of.
2: Man, two last questions for you. I know you're busy, man. I appreciate you coming on, man. Who who wins it this year? And who 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 wins it? Who plays? Le- Dodgers, Yankees, or what do you got?
0: Oh
1: man, man. Well, for TV purposes at Fox, that would be really nice to have Dodgers, Yankees. Though you want to talk about those rating ads? They to hell be yeah. Out. No, um, you got some
2: Super Bowl I, shit. I, I
1: would, uh, uh, yeah. You know what? I think the I think the Houston Astros will be there. The Yankees have had trouble against the Houston Astros, and they're starting to struggle in the back end of their bullpen after losing Michael King. But the Yankees with Aaron Judge, you know, he's having a historical season. I think he's going to put them on their back, but I think the Astros just have too much depth. In the rotation, so I think it might be another rematch between the Dodgers and the Yankees. But uh, I'm playing Homer though, cause they cut me checks, so I ain't gonna lie about it. I, I you know, what I mean, sometimes you gotta do it with the home team. But hey, I try, the Di- I try to tell these San Diego,
2: I try to tell these San Diego and Giant homers that I always face. I'm like, dog, I'm from LA, I'm a true du- Blue, but I'm like. Come on, man. The Padres are going to always be our JV, just like the Clippers are to the Lakers.
1: You know what I'm saying? Uh, hey, dog. My buddy said, no, my buddy, my buddy said, uh, he says, man, the Padres got a lot of Clippers in them, huh? I said, I don't want to say that, bro. I don't want to say that. But yeah, I respect the Padres. They'll be good. They'll be good. It's not as good as the Dodgers. Uh, hey, uh, last thing, dog.
2: What? You got one album in rotation for the rest of your life. What is it?
1: Can't do that, man. <laughs> a, uh, you, I, you can't. You gotta you can't do it. I'll be waiting. I got that bag you for you. You. You, you. you, you, can't because you know West Coast hip hop. It, 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 just on that state alone from Exhibit, to the loonies to Snoop, to E-40. You can't, disha- you know how big our CD cases were, dog? Oh I man, I got dogs. a thousand oh, of them. You ca- I, 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 I can't, I, you can't do that, bro. But uh, you know, uh, especially growing up in the era that we grew up into, I mean, the Ice Teas. I mean, uh, you know, uh, there's too much music, bro, to, to, to get into one CD, man. But I'm sure it'd be E-40. I'm sure. It'd be uh,
2: like I am. That. It might be mine too. And I'm from Compton. It, it's gonna be an NWA <laughs> Compton's Most Wanted yeah. or something like that. You know, shit. Uh, yeah. Hey, man, love love I appreciate you coming on, dog. It's been a pleasure. We got to do it again. A hook up, man. I'll be. I don't know if you know the Pump Brothers. You know Dana and David. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. I'll yeah. be at their yes, main event, yeah. man. uh and You know, uh bookie betts is gonna be there, uh, talk, speaking. Uh, my boy, you know, uh, Matt Barnes, uh, Marcellus Wiley, uh, no, cats like that, but I, I'm always there me, every they year. They
1: invited me to, a, yeah, they invited me to a gala. This I just got in touch with them actually for the first time, probably like a month ago. So they invited me to a gala to go to. So we'll definitely link up if I go to the gala, brother. Yeah,
2: definitely. I'll see you. It's next Thursday, I think, or something. So definitely. Hey, I appreciate you, dog. Good luck with everything. And, uh, we'll holler. You, All right,
1: brother. See ya. Thanks, bro. Thank
2: Man, it's action packed day here. I appreciate you coming on, Dontrell Trail, D Train. Um, man, to, to no further ado, we got the next great guest coming on here, man. Matt Lombardo, senior NFL reporter on Heavy on Sports. He's going to join us right now, so stay tuned.
3: Uh, Matt, what's going on, brother? What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Happy
2: to be here. Man, I appreciate you coming on, man. That was Dontre Willis, man. Great uh, World Series champ, so had to get him on Back here, man, ball. and uh, you know, it was a good, good deal, man. So, let me, I'm going to introduce you real quick. Everybody's asking uh, Matt Lombardi. You're, so, you're a senior, senior NFL reporter?
3: I am, senior NFL reporter, NFL insider over at heavy.com. So I uh, just started the gig last month, covered the NFL for various outlets dating all the way back to 2011. And, you know, I've done a little bit of everything in the business. Uh, I was a Sports Talk radio host on nights and weekends in Philadelphia on the ESPN radio affiliate 97.5 The Fanatic. You know, covered the Eagles for the Star-Ledger, covered the Giants for the Star-Ledger, and I've been covering the league nationally now for about two and a half years
2: and this you have a column i'm gonna share it to everybody you have a column basically here on heavy on sports i'm gonna uh let me put this deal on the bottom for you guys real quick matt lombardo's on the ticker on on below make sure you guys follow him at matt lombardo nfl and also heavy on sports at heavy on sports on twitter um and i'm gonna i'm gonna i got the uh the deal over here on uh on the screen that i'm gonna share but um so explain that deal. You got this going on. You basically every
3: Wednesday is, when, is it? you call it In the Trenches or what do you call it? In the Trenches. And it's it's basically an all-encompassing national column. It runs every Wednesday morning uh, on heavy.com. You can check it out. You know, basically talking to my sources around the NFL, you know, agents, coaches, players, basically giving my insight on the biggest storylines of the week. That runs every Wednesday. We have a mailbag that drops every Friday afternoon. So if you have questions about the league, the biggest storylines, things that are going on with your team, hit me up on Twitter at Matt Lombardo NFL, or jump into the mailbag and ask your questions there. I try to get some sourced insight from my contacts around the league for for the questions that come in and of course you know in addition to that just covering the biggest stories of the day every day so you can follow me on twitter at Matt Lombardo, Matt Lombardo nfl and of course on heavy.com
2: so i'm gonna get into it because i'm always critiquing different nfl things and different stuff like that but um i'm gonna share this deal here with you um so i got this deal i'm gonna put my my screen on here um So we're all on here. So this is it. Eagles move, um, catapult Phillies. Uh, Daniel Jones camp should worry. Giants. So you're talking Eagles roster along with Daniel Jones. Um, We should worry about his struggles basically in camp thus far, right, Uh, with the Giants. (laughs) Um,
3: Yeah, we basically we started my uh, NFL training camp tour last week and I spent a day at the Giants, a day down at the Eagles. And, you know, just basically, you know, watching the Eagles defense, you hear all of the talk this offseason about Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and that offensive line and how this has a chance to be a prolific offense. The Eagles' defense kind of gets lost in the shuffle. And you think about what they did this offseason, bringing in Kazir White, a veteran linebacker, to really be a veteran presence with a young linebacking group that has a lot of talent. Their first-round pick, Jordan Davis, looks like he's going to make an instant impact. And then, of course, they signed former Giants corner James Bradbury. It just feels like the Eagles, while a lot of their success this season hinges on Jalen Hurts taking a big step – It almost feels like their defense isn't getting the notoriety it deserves, and they might go as far as their defense takes them this season. So I think the Eagles are a team that rightfully has lofty expectations. Then you go up to New York, and you see the Giants, and you see Daniel Jones struggling on timing routes with his wide receivers, struggling protecting the football when it comes to interceptions. That offense really not having any sort of identity a week in as the week's uh, debut for the preseason is set to begin this week. It feels like there are a lot of question marks around the Giants and down in Philadelphia, the Eagles look like they're ready to take play.
2: No, I, I agree. I, 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 had, I had some questions uh, to get everybody kind of acclimated. Uh, appreciate everybody in the chat. And make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Go on over to Matt Lombardo on uh, Twitter and heavy on sports. Uh, he does a great job. A lot of people in the co- in the chat know who you are and read your column. So uh, shout out to that. Um Did you play sports or what got you into doing what you do? I try to explain to people all the time. I'm like, man, my dad taught me when I was young, doing what you want to do compared to doing what you have to do is a much better life. Right. Uh, You wake up in the morning knowing you can do what you want to do instead of waking up like, oh, shit, I got to do this. Um, How how, what got you into it? And uh, and and, kind of explain that story.
3: Yeah, Jason, as I'm sure you can relate, you know, I'm a lifelong sports fan. Football has always been my passion and my first love when it comes to sports. And, you know, just growing up in the Philadelphia area, was a big Eagles fan back in the day. You get into this business, you kind of lose the fandom, especially when you're around players every single day. And you're building relationships with agents and coaches and sources around the entire league. So, you know, you kind of lose that fandom of the sport you cover. But just growing up, reading the sports section of the Philadelphia Daily News every day, listening, Listening to talk radio and realizing at a pretty young age that's what I want to do, and then you get to you know elementary school or middle school, and maybe you don't make the cut for your middle school basketball team, or you know you're playing 80 pound football and you get stuck as the blocking tight end, and you're like, okay, maybe I'm not going to play in the NFL, but you know I have strong opinions. I think I have a pretty strong presence. I can build relationships. Why don't I go become a sports writer or or why don't I go and, you know, try to be a sports talk radio host? And I have fortunately in in my career, been able to do a little bit of both through the first decade. And I think it's only onward and upward from here.
2: No doubt. Do you do a thing tailgates
3: and beer or something? Do I do a thing tailgates and beer? I, I mean, I I'm a Penn State football season ticket holder, so we do a lot of tailgating you know, before the game beer, the I got beer you. Strikes,
2: Somebody in the chat hope. thought you did that. Uh, you did like a segment or something. So I didn't know, um, what, uh, let me ask you this. What? Uh, so you're over there on, uh, every Wednesday, I'll make sure you do that. You, you, discuss Jalen hurts, um, on this loaded roster. This is a question I had, like, what is the difference between Jalen hurts and this so-called loaded roster What Philly does? I agree. They do have, um, versus like a Cleveland Brown with an even more loaded roster during the Baker Mayfield era and watching that team implode because of bad quarterback play. What is the difference in this Eagle team with Jalen Hurts, who I think uh, will never, ever excel or even be able to sustain as a good quality NFL quarterback? Unfortunately, uh, I feel the same about Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, I can go on and on, um, but at the same time, what what what's different with this Eagles team compared to a super loaded roster where I thought if you brought over Tannehill, a guy that's a mediocre QB in the league, they can he he took Cleveland into the Super Bowl possibly. That's how loaded Cleveland was. Um, how does Jalen Hurts make up for a low? I mean, because you know as I know, bad quarterback play cripples great rosters and. Good quarterback play makes average rosters great. And so it's it's funny how that works. And it's you're either the go to the hero uh, at this position. Having played it, having four guys in the NFL, having, having had a cup of tea at the position in the league, What it, it's a different deal, man. And I, I, I just don't know if people really understand it. And it doesn't matter how bad or good your roster is. It depends on the QB at the end of the day. Uh, how does this Eagle team differ? Yeah,
3: Jason, I'm not so sure that it's gonna be different. That's really the great unknown here, right? And, And I think that if there is an advantage that Jalen Hurts and this Eagles team has over Baker Mayfield's Cleveland Browns, it's the offensive line. Because I think the Eagles have, if not the best offensive line, a top three line in the league, but you know, the Eagles will go as far as Jalen Hurts will take them, right? That's kind of what this season is all about, evaluating whether or not he's a franchise quarterback, whether he's someone that you commit to long-term, where I think the difference between the situation in Philadelphia and the situation in Cleveland is the Eagles have two first-round picks next year. So if Hurts winds up not being the guy – they can flip those two first round picks to maybe if, if they're picking in the top eight or so, maybe they can go Bryce up to the next round. Or maybe you look at the best veteran quarterback that's available via trade. They control the veteran quarterback market as well. If this were a year ahead, perhaps they're involved in the Russell Wilson sweepstakes. So, whoever the Russell Wilson of the 2023 offseason is, the Eagles are kind of in the driver's seat with their two first round picks. But if Hurts winds up being the guy, if he goes out and he throws 30 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, the Eagles win 11 games, they win a playoff game or two, now they have two first-round picks to either jump into the top 10 to get a blue-chip player or two first-round picks to continue building around him and building out that defense. So that's where I think similarly to the Browns going out and and you know trading for Deshaun Watson, the Eagles could be in a very similar situation next offseason if Hurts isn't the guy.
2: I, I hear you. Uh, I, I think I, I agree. Eagles, Colts, Browns probably have the three best O-lines in football. Um, and uh, I think all three of those teams struggled uh, at quarterback <laughs> Or, or they could have been all, all, all of them could have been a lot better last year, um, even though the Eagles made a hell of a run after a slow and I start. Think the
3: Colts are a really interesting parallel there, right? Because they went from Carson Wentz, who I think is one of the bigger disappointments as a top five pick in the draft in the last 10 years. They trade for Matt Ryan this offseason, who might be past his prime. But you look at how they nearly made the postseason last year Jonathan Taylor rushes for 1,800 yards. The reason the Eagles made the playoffs wasn't Jalen Hurts. It's because they had the number one rushing offense in the league. So you have that foundation. If either Matt Ryan or Jalen Hurts elevates that offense a little bit, they're probably both playoff teams. And I'll say this, the Eagles' road to the postseason is significantly easier in the NFC where you have a handful of teams, be it the reigning Super Bowl champion Rams, the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers, the Buccaneers with Tom Brady, the Eagles are probably right in that next tier of teams, whereas in Indianapolis, you have to go through a gauntlet. All three AFC West teams could be playoff contenders. The Bills are probably the prohibitive Super Bowl favorite. It's a lot tougher to make the postseason in the AFC, whereas if the Eagles catch lightning in a bottle, they could probably be a wild card team the Colts are going to have to win that division probably to have a chance of getting in.
2: Nah, no doubt. Speaking of the bucks, man, it's unfortunate. Brady's coming back basically almost my age. Uh, you know, uh, this happened today. Their backup to the starter centers went out too. Um, they have no centers. I know Tom's got to be thinking, shit, I should have stayed home with Giselle, but, uh, you know they he loses two centers um, with a pretty good old line, and now you're you're gonna have to move guys over. And, and and I know how these guys are like when you move NFL guys from guard to center that never has played it. Uh, quarterbacks cringe in their sleep at night. Um, I don't know what you think there, but I I think the Bucks are going to struggle this year mildly. I I don't know if Julio Jones can be that third guy. I just I'm, I hate to say it, but I just think he's a hamstring away because of his his age and his his body type. If you know what I mean, he's he, his 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 better days are behind him. He's starting to get a lot stiffer because he's so thick. Uh, below the waist, you, you see a lot of hamstring pulls with those type of receivers. Even though I love him to death, I thought he was a freak in his era. Um, I don't know. I think the Bucks have lost some things, and I just don't know. Bruce Arian was the one guy that would challenge Tom Brady. I don't see Leftwich. I don't see those guys challenging him like he needed to be. Um, I think that's actually going to hurt this team. I don't know. I, 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 what do you got with the Bucs in, in, in that division?
3: I still think they're easily the team to beat in the AFC, in the NFC South. And the good news for Tampa Bay, Jason, is it turned out just to be cramps for Hainsey. So he's probably going to be back as early as tomorrow. Right. So that's good news for Tampa. JC Treader is out there. He's available. John Halapio is a veteran center who had a really nice career with the Giants, albeit he was banged up a couple of times. He's somebody that should be on their emergency list that I could see really being a fit there from a depth standpoint. But overall, you know, looking at Tampa Bay, Tom Brady's the the greatest quarterback to ever play the position, right? And he's two years removed from winning a Super Bowl, a year removed from a couple of bad plays in the fourth quarter from going back to the NFC Championship game in a playoff game against the Rams, they probably should have won. So so I'm not writing off Tampa Bay, and I think that your assessment of Julio Jones is pretty, pretty spot on. You know, I talk to people around the league. They still think he has the chance to be a contributor in the red zone. He could be a complimentary piece to a Chris Godwin and a Mike Evans. Godwin, you know, seems like he's on track to get back on the field this week or next. You know, he's a guy that I think he's going to be extra motivated to play with Tom Brady, but I don't think he's a guy that you play 17 games. I don't think he's a guy that you trot out there for – 50 snaps a game, but if you can get 10 or 15 really high quality snaps, three or four really high quality targets for Julio Jones inside the 20 yard line, whether it's on a back shoulder fade or across a post pattern, you know, on second and eight, he only caught eight touchdowns in, in the red zone over the last couple of years. He could be a red zone weapon for the Buccaneers using him in spots. And with a roster that's that deep and a wide receiver group that's that talented with that much star power, he's a really nice complimentary piece. So big picture, I think Tampa is easily the most complete roster in the NFC South. And I can see them being one of the top three seeds in the postseason.
2: Nah, no doubt. I, I, I was reading your uh, reading your article today. Make sure you guys head on over to, to read uh, Matt's article here um, on heavy. um Daniel Jones uh, and Matt I don't know how much you, you hear or see my tweets and all this craziness people love to come after me but I, I, I've i said that a friend of mine coached Daniel in college by the way coach Cutcliffe right at Duke and uh, and so I, re, I recruited uh, he's recruited me I recruited him for a long time different various places and I know his son well he coaches out in South Carolina and I So Daniel Jones is a guy that a lot of people don't understand how really good and talented the kid can be or is. I think he has really struggled, just like a lot of young quarterbacks that go to bad organizations early in the NFL. You don't really get to see if they're very good or not. And I think Trevor Lawrence can be a victim of that. I think if Eli Manning would have went to the Chargers, he could be possibly Phillip Rivers right now with no titles. So like, you know, Daniel Jones is a guy that's been through how many head coaches, how many OCs. I think Brian Dable brings in some concrete foundation as far as an offense that Daniel's going to excel in and really appreciate. I think all this, all this camp's noise that he's throwing balls out of bounds and all this is overrated and overhyped. I think defenses are way ahead of offenses when you're playing each other in practice. It's like that for football. It's in the history of football. It's been that way. Um, also if you've played the position, um, uh, I was telling these people on Twitter, I'm like, you gotta understand, you know, the, the receivers made a late, late cut. I said that the corner's already on the route and he ain't going to throw a pick in a scrimmage. He's throwing that ball out of bounds on purpose by design. And I think we got to slow down on all the hate on Daniel, but i picked Daniel Jones to have a hell of a comeback season and have one of the better ones in the NFL this year. Actually. Um, I know you wrote this article today on heavy. Uh make sure you guys go join Matt and check him out at Matt Lombardo on Twitter. Um What do you see with him and and, and uh and, and how do you think uh this plays out with Daniel? I, I are you are you in agreement that he's gonna struggle? Um or are you thinking, okay, this thing can still work out with uh with Mike Dable?
3: Yeah, I I think that the Giants are in a really complicated situation here, Jason, especially when it comes to Daniel Jones. They're rightfully skeptical. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option, which I think is a clear shot across the bow that this is your make-or-break season. This is your prove-it year. And, you know, if you're Brian Dable and if you're Joe Shane and you're looking at since the end of the 2017 season, you've seen the Giants fire – Ben McAdoo in week 15 of the 2017 season. You've seen them fire Pat Shermer after two years. You've seen them fire Joe Judge after two years. You have to turn this thing around in a hurry. I know John Mara, the owner, has talked about trying to give you know, much more rope to Brian Dable and give him the opportunity to grow and that they've learned from their past mistakes and this is gonna take time to turn things around. But if you're Brian Dable and you're looking at all of that and you didn't draft Daniel Jones, you didn't pick up his fifth year option, If Tyrod Taylor continues to move the ball effectively down the field, if he looks really good in the preseason and Daniel Jones continues to struggle, I don't know how much leeway that Dable should and will give Daniel Jones to turn things around because I don't think Brian Dable has all that much time, at least in his mind, to turn the Giants around. But the flip side of that coin is Daniel Jones is a former number six overall pick. He's a top ten selection in the draft. And they have Kenny Galladay. They really like Wandale Davis, the kid they drafted out of Kentucky. Kadarius Toney has made all kinds of strides during this training camp. Saquon Barkley looks like Saquon Barkley again. And I've spoken to a couple of sources who told me that Brian Dable is on a mission this year to get the ball to him in space. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's used 50-50 as a running back and someone out wide or in the slot as a, a matchup nightmare. So the opportunities are there for Daniel Jones to capitalize on It comes down to DeAndre Jones making those plays. And so far through training camp, we haven't seen that happen very consistently. But again, it's just training camp. Things can happen differently when the bright lights are on, even in preseason games or in week one. But I think, Jason, the bottom line here is if he starts out well and the Giants are rolling, he has the opportunity to play his way into a second contract in New York and the Giants are another team that can really have some optionality next year in terms of the first round and in terms of all of that cap space. But if he struggles, if it's week five and the Giants are one and three or one and four and Jones has more interceptions than touchdowns, I think the Tyrod Taylor thing could wind up happening here because there's no guarantees that Jones is back next year. And Brian Dable has to be thinking he needs to win and he needs to win quickly with the best quarterback that gives him the best chance to do exactly that.
2: No, I hear you. I I, I think it's going to come down the old line. I I tell people all the time, running back position in the NFL is so finicky and so, uh, you, you know, once you get hurt at that position in this league, it's so tough to bounce back and be anything close to what you once were. Um, I I said on Pat McAfee's show last year when I'm on the show every week, I said, listen, I think Saquon's seen his best days. It's unfortunate that he's he's rarely fresh in the NFL, but look at him, McCaffrey, Adrian Peterson, anyone that you see that gets that injury, especially with a load bearing, uh, low center of gravity that Saquon has. His legs are like tree trunks. It is very hard to make those cuts when you have those those big-time surgeries and, and recoveries from those things. And I've seen it for so long, unfortunately. It's so It sucks because the NFL, the running backs are a dime a dozen, man. I mean, that's why they don't get the long contracts. They don't run in the league very long. And there's always somebody else coming up that's just the same type of guy, man. That's just that position but what yeah, do you see I, that- I
3: don't know that i would write saquon barkley off quite yet you know you, you know i'm admittedly i'm a penn state season ticket holder i've watched every snap of his career going back to you know his freshman year at penn state but you look at what james franklin did really well in, when saquon Barkley was in college is they moved him around right they yep. lined him up in the slot they, they motioned him out wide they you know joe moorehead the offensive coordinator in 2016 was really good at creating space with him on the wheel route he gets to the Giants and Pat Shermer and that offensive staff. There was no ingenuity to the play calling. It was a lot of, you know, runs off guard, runs up the middle, a couple screen passes here and there. But just talking to people around the Giants and people around Barkley, there's been a concerted effort this offseason by Brian Dable and this coaching staff to get Saquon Barkley the ball in space, create opportunities via motion putting him out wide, getting him matched up one-on-one, pre-snap with a linebacker or even a cornerback. And you think of Barkley with his explosiveness, you think of the breakaway speed, you think of the size advantage he has over defensive backs in the NFL. There's going to be opportunities for him in space that previous offenses didn't necessarily afford him. Now, obviously, you know, running backs break down all the time, and he has the history of the ankle injuries, the history of the ACL injury as well. You know, he's going to need to prove that he can stay healthy, but it wouldn't shock me if you see Saquon Barkley rush for 1300 yards and account for 850 receiving yards this year in this system. But again, it comes down to him staying on the field and that's kind of what it's always been for him since he arrived in New York.
2: Man, it's uh it's it's funny you say that cuz I got uh I got a great system here and I can actually show a bunch of Saquon's film when when he was there. So I got DV Sport which is a buddy of mine owns it. That's what Penn State uses, a lot of college and NFL teams use, but you can see what what Matt's talking about here. They used him in a various amount of ways. A lot of free releasing, a lot of uh, a lot of um, truck option. If you guys don't know what that means, they pulled the tackle a lot by themselves. They read the defensive end. They pulled the, the they ran backside power plays. They did a lot on offense. I'm good friends with James Franklin. We run very similar offenses. So um, you know, it, it, I would love to see the Giants use him this way. You know what I mean? I just don't know. And Dable is the closest thing to this. And that is why I said I think that Daniel Jones is going to succeed because Dan, uh, Dable and James Franklin's offense are very, very similar in getting this guy the ball in space. And I think Daniel Jones only has that much of a better season when this guy does well. And that's just what it is. And Daniel Jones's biggest issue is fumbling the football um, over even throwing interceptions, and I think interceptions at the NFL level come from insecurities, uh, unsure, uh, not understanding what the read keys are. And I think Dable gives Daniel Jones that confidence, and and I think if they get um, if they can get him uh, Saquon back acclimated like that, like he once was, I think it it helps them. But um, yeah, it's fun, man. I get to I could break down film anytime, but you know. Uh, let's talk real quick. Are you are you a fan of Hard Knocks? Are you watching this Lion deal at all? I, um, what do you think about the Lions? Do you like the head coach? Do you think this is a real deal? I love his staff. I got to be honest. I love his staff. I think he's put together the smartest hires you can possibly put together. Um, as far as a head coach, a young, fiery guy that's going to demand, you know, instant credibility with his guys because of who he is, how he looks. And then the staff he hires are a bunch of go-getting Barkers and biters, so to speak. Um, I love the staff, man. I'd I be honest. Um, what do you think about the Lions? And uh, do you have any sleeper teams out there that that people may not think about?
1: Yeah, I think that
3: as far as you look at Dan Campbell's staff, what I really like is it's a very relatable staff, right? It's a young group of former players who have only been out of the league maybe five to ten years, so they can relate to this current crop of player. You know jason I, I have pretty low expectations for the lions i think they'll be better but you know just watching hard knocks how can you not like this team right, right how can right. you not love Aiden hutchinson getting up and, and singing you know billy jean yeah. how can you not love you know dan campbell doing the up downs that's how you get players to buy in and you know i look at the nfc north i'm far more bullish on the chicago bears i think justin fields takes a big step forward this year i think darnell mori is really coming to his own as a number one wide receiver. But as far as the Lions go, you know, they might be two years away from being a team that could really shock people because I think Oman Rasse Brown is a household name in the making at wide receiver. They have a franchise left tackle in Panisol who had a really strong rookie year. You bring in Aiden Hutchinson, if you're picking top fifteen top ten, top five in the draft year after year after year, eventually that talent comes to the fore. It might not be this year. But if they can get a quarterback, because I'm not necessarily a believer in Jared Goff long term, if they get that long term elite franchise quarterback next year in 2024, this could be a team that can really take the mantle and run with it in the NFC North a couple years down the line. Uh, As far as sleeper teams go, I love what the Jaguars have done this offseason. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be significantly better than he was a year ago. I covered. Doug Peterson for two years in Philadelphia really understands what it takes to get the most out of a young quarterback, has a really quarterback-friendly system. Travis Etienne, I think, has a chance to be a breakout star at running back. They did what they needed to do addressing both lines of scrimmage. Again, the AFC is a juggernaut, but the AFC South. I think there's opportunity there for the Jaguars to be one of those sleeper teams that might even go from worst to first in that division. So they're a team that I would definitely keep an eye on, along with the Bears as a potential fringe wild card contender in the NFC.
2: No, I hear you. Uh, a couple things before I, I know you're a busy man, uh, your cat. I would love to see your cat just jump on you, but <laughs> it, it was behind you. Uh, let me ask you this. The AFC West, loaded, right? Everybody's talking about how loaded it is. Um, I've come out and made it. Last year, I made the prediction uh, in like June that the Bengals would play the Ram in the Super Bowl, and the Rams would win. It happened. I, I actually was lucky as hell because I've never really been right What'd on be that regard. Battle? This year, I'm picking, it, the, I'm picking the Broncos to play the Rams, and I got the Broncos beating the Colts in the AFC title game. Because that's the real, I think I see a huge resurgence by both of these quarterbacks. Matt Ryan coming in, hyped up with a great defense, a hell of a running game, and a coach I think will use him in the right way, similar to how Tom Brady is. He's going to step in the pocket, he's going to use the pocket, he's going to throw the ball away, he's not going to make a bunch of turnovers. And I think he's going to let that defense play and that running game keep him on the field, move the sticks. And that defense will get him more opportunities than most other teams will get. Um, because how good that defense and run game is. Now, on the flip side, I think Russell Wilson's going to have an MVP type of year. I think he's pissed at the world, even as weird as he is. I think he's going to be pissed at the world. He's going to come out, and he's going to fire on all cylinders. And I just think Denver's defense, I think their they're, they're weapons, Patrick hurt him getting hurt. Um, I know that's a big one. Um, but I think their run game, their O-line, their defense is going to be great, and I think Russell just has that it factor, and a lot of people don't get. I don't understand. He had a a bad last year, but I think it was because he knew his part in ways, and every quarterback you ever see in the history of NFL, when they know they're leaving, they don't have a good last year. So I I think that's going to happen, but the AFC West is loaded. I just... I don't see the Raiders uh, being the team a lot of people think. I'm not a car believer. I've been to to Charger practices out here lately. Um, I had Braden Fajoka on the show. Um, I think uh, I'm a believer in Herbert after seeing him in person and seeing what he did late in last year. I believe they bought into Staley's uh, let's go for it mentality on fourth down. And... I think Mahomes is gimmicky. I've been saying it for years. I think it bit him in the butt last year. I think it's going to even do more so this year, especially without a, a, a safety valve like Tyreek Hill. And I think um, they're going to struggle in a better conference this year. I think the I think the Chiefs go uh, nine and eight. I'm gonna be honest. Um, but what do you what do you see? I mean, you you know a lot more than me. But I, usually I'm right with a lot of this shit, uh, Matt. I'm just being honest. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, I don't know no more than you, Jason. I mean, you've coached and played the game. But, you know, the, the one thing I'll say is the Bengals aren't going anywhere, right? They, they improved their offensive line. They brought in Lael Collins, Joe Burrow to me. You know, I've said this a couple different times, a couple different places. I think that of this crop of young quarterbacks, he has the best chance of being the next Tom Brady. So I think the Bengals are going to be in the mix, especially him with another year working with Jamar Chase. But I think as far as the AFC West goes, I'm all in on Justin Herbert and the Chargers. I mean, Herbert just looks like a guy – he's a guy who's just a winner. They went out and they beefed up their defense. They filled the holes. J.C. Jackson is a top-five corner in this league. They get him to go up against the Devontae Adamses, to go up against the weapons they have in Denver and in Kansas City. They bring in Khalil Mack. You know He's going to be an instant upgrade for that pass rush. The Chargers, to me, did everything they need to do, not only to close the gap on Kansas City, which I think has now closed, but put them in the mix to make a legitimate run at a Super Bowl. So, you know, I, I think there's a handful of teams you can talk about, maybe two or three on the NFC side. But if you put teams like the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Bills, the Broncos, the Raiders, you could put eight, nine teams. You talk about the, you know, the, the, the Baltimore Ravens, who could be a worst of first story. There's eight, nine, ten teams in the AFC. Titans. You told me they would go to the Super Bowl. I'd say, okay, I can believe that. So, you know, I think it's really tough to make declarative statements in that conference right now. But I do think that the Chargers are probably the best, most complete roster in the AFC West and the best suited to make a run. But then you look at the experience of the Chiefs, you look at the firepower of the, of the Broncos, and you look at the consistency, in my opinion, of the Raiders. Again, throw them all in a hat, shake it up. And we'll pick a name out in January. That's how I think it's going to play out. So
2: you're that confident in Herbert, even though he's yet to make a playoff? I, what is what gives you that confidence? Just because of what you see and the belief in the new coach? And it ta- I agree. It takes a year or so. Um, I think the kid does have the it factor. I got to see him. It's like it's like it's like Allen, right? He's got to get past that uh, Mahomes factor. He's got to beat him eventually to get to that Super Bowl. Um, Herbert's got to do the same, in my opinion, to get put in that next echelon, right? Uh, get a playoff winner two. Um, you know, everybody was down on Stafford for years with the Lions and he comes to the Rams. He wins four and Super Bowl. And if he wins another one, I would say that a lot of people are going to say, you know, what if he would have left the Lions eight years ago? Where would he be today? Um, he's a top five ball spinner. I think so. I think Herbert's the same way. Just watching him up close the other day. Um, you have that much confidence in this roster overall and, and Herbert, huh?
3: Yeah, I just don't think the Chargers' issues were just Justin Herbert-related. I don't even know that they were offense-related the last couple of years. I think it was their defense. And I love what they did, both in the draft and free agency, significantly upgrading the talent on that defense. And I would put them up against any of the defenses in the AFC West. And I think that, you know, you look at the offense, you look at Herbert, when you don't have to score... 37 points per game to win you're going to be a lot better off and you know you have a coach who's going to be pedal to the metal in every situation not taking his foot off the gas you can afford to be a little bit more aggressive and go for it on fourth down and go for two point conversions when you have a defense that's getting off the field or at least limiting the damage over the top with those big chunk plays in the passing game and I think the Chargers did what they needed to do to upgrade their biggest weakness.
2: No, I hear you. No, that's interesting. It's going to be very competitive. I think it's going to be uh, as competitive as as we've seen probably um, as far as top to bottom. Is there a scenario? I don't know if you're a math guy as far as these guys that break down these scenarios. Is there a scenario where all four AFC West teams get in?
3: You know, I haven't run the numbers. I don't have an algorithm that's going to spit out that answer. But just like looking at it from a surface level, I mean, it's possible, right? I mean, I think that, you know, there's a chance, but that rules out uh, the Ravens making a run. And and I think it's going to be hard for four teams in that division to win 10-plus games, which is probably what it's going to take because I think they're going to beat each other up. And I think that, you know, there's a chance they might send two or three. Four might be pushing it.
2: So last question I know you've been on. I appreciate you coming on, man, and, and uh, share your stuff again at the end Dude, here. thanks so, for having me. I uh, appreciate it. No, nah, man, I love what you do. Um, uh, let me ask you this. The the college landscape, okay, I, I, I talked to Sark and Lane Kiffin, buddies of mine. We've talked quite a bit, and we're like, listen, man, it's become free agent uh, agency at the college level. It's become free agency without a return. Basically, similar to what the NFL has. Um, My question to you is the the NIL, the transfer portal nonsense. um, When you look at the NFL and you see guys like Roquan Smith yesterday demanding a trade under contract. um, My question to you, have you seen an upward spiral compared to most in our lifetime? We've always seen a downward spiral, meaning the NFL is the trendsetter. You, they do something and somebody does something, whether it's a bad look or hitting a female or DUI or what have you. College kids, high school kids see that. They do it. Now it seems to be flipped. And it seems to be that the high school kid transfers four times now. They go to high school, college and, and enter the portal four times. And now you have NIL deals where kids are 17 years old getting $8 million more than some of their head coaches um, and now you see the Roquan Smiths, you see even in basketball, KD, James Harden, Ben Simmons demanding trades under contracts for years on the, numerous years on their, on their contract. Do you see that as being a, 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 a different deal now? And, and, and Is it going upwards, and NFL guys seeing what they're doing below them?
3: I think it's different, but I also think for good reason we're living through an era where players are more empowered than ever. You know you think about college football and you look at the insane money that these tv contracts are generating for the conferences and the programs you look at you know these public universities where the head football coach is the highest paid employee of that state right And, and you have violations where you have kids and programs getting in trouble for giving a kid a bagel with cream cheese for practice. So for breakfast each morning. So I I think that what we're seeing, I think it's a positive development from a player's perspective. And I think more power to them if these kids are able to generate hundreds of thousand dollars in endorsement deals or you know you have these universities where boosters are able to open up the checkbook or coaches are able to convince their highest donors to donate directly to the players i think that's a good thing i think it's a good thing for the player and i think that you know at the nfl level you're looking at the nba that has always been a star driven player driven league the nfl doesn't have guaranteed contracts so if a roquan smith for example thinks he's going to wind up getting a bigger payday with a chance to win somewhere else, you know, why not, you know, use the leverage that you do have? And from a, a college player's standpoint, the worst thing in the world that can happen is a kid who's earmarked to be a top 10 pick tearing his ACL and then going in round three or round four. If there's an NIL deal and he's already, you know, banked 50 grand, 100 grand, 250 grand, a million bucks, good for him. And, and I think that, you know, the day is going to come at some point. Where universities might have to have a revenue-sharing situation for some of these big TV deals, because for a, a Power Five program to be bringing in hundreds of millions of dollars from the football program and the players not getting a piece of the pie, I don't think that that's a system that's sustainable in today's day and age.
2: Nah, I, I hear you. It's it's, it's crazy difference. The, before I get you out of here, uh, let me ask you this: your you're basically who does who wins the MVP, and um, and uh, who's your uh, who's your pick to go to the Super Bowl
3: MVP? I, I, there's before a lot of before you there, answer, before
2: you out. answer, do the do the <laughs> Eagles do the Eagles win the East? Yes,
3: I, I think that the Cowboys lost a lot in terms of their offensive line. I think losing. Amari Cooper via trade and James Washington via injury. I think that's really going to make an impact on that offense. Uh, I think the Eagles are the most complete roster in the NFC East. I think Dak Prescott is the best quarterback. I think the Eagles have the best roster. I think the Eagles win the East. Uh, And as far as the Super Bowl goes, you know, twist my arm. I'll say the Buffalo bills against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think the MVP winds up being Josh Allen.
2: Wow. Got you. Got you. Hey, man. Can't get no better than that, man. You're hearing it from the horse's mouth. Make sure you guys head on over, man, to uh it's alright on the bottom, ticking on the bottom at Matt Lombardo NFL. Uh, he goes live on Wednesdays on Heavy on Sports every morning. He gives his huge uh take uh, every Wednesday. Head on over to Heavy. What is it? Heavy.com?
3: Yep, heavy.com.
2: And uh and go on to heavy.com and make sure you guys um, go over there, make sure, I don't know why I won't share now, but go on over there to heavy.com and uh, give him a listen every, every day, man. He's on Twitter. And uh, are you on Instagram
3: too? I am same username and uh TikTok as well. Not Bombardo NFL.
2: Okay, good. I got to follow you on those things, man. So man, I appreciate you coming on brother. And uh, if you drink whiskey or, or vodka or, or, or smoke cigars, let me know. I'll send you a box. Um, huge cigar guy oh you know, man my, 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 huge
3: cigar guy. huge whiskey guy if I'm ever in your neck of the woods we got to sit down for cigars
2: no doubt my uh, my Cuban cigars come out next week I gotta send you some
3: oh man I'm get forward to those thanks so much and appreciate you having me
2: hey I appreciate you Matt good luck take care Jason thank you brother uh, Matt Lombardo give it up shout out um uh, appreciate him coming on giving all that insight make sure you guys follow him on twitter great follow great insight a lot of got a lot of information you hear him spit it out uh live right there you know he knows his shit and he looks into it and actually takes his profession very seriously so i appreciate him coming on make sure you guys uh follow him and uh check out heavy.com he's on there every uh all the time wednesdays is his thing so appreciate him coming on um Thanks to him, Dontrell Willis, in the first hour coming on, World Series champ. A lot of of things uh, today unfolding. So, um, man, the show started off with a bang. I didn't even get you the quote of the day or any of that shit. We we just hit it running nowadays, man, because you never know who knows. Great announcement I have to make today, though, because I'm going to... We're going to end the show here soon because of I need to promote something that's going to happen tomorrow on the show. And if you guys are fans of probably one of the most iconic individuals that's ever played his sport, um, Mr. John Daly will be joining me live here on this show tomorrow at 1 p.m. Pacific. Don't fucking miss this one. I'm sure it'll be a barn burner. So the show's only getting better and growing. So spread the word. John Daly will be on the show tomorrow at 1 p.m. Pacific. I'm going to blow it up on social media today and tomorrow morning so that one will be a, a, a very very entertaining one pat perez said he won't miss the show at all either uh he thinks that uh, us two together are something uh special so john's agreed to come on we've talked today quite a bit um and uh yes yeah, sir so john daly will be on tomorrow straight live from his home in arkansas so shout out to him and everybody else all you guys listening make sure you tune on in come on over to youtube.com or and check out my show on youtube tomorrow 1 p.m um hey man i appreciate all you guys especially you day one guys that have been on this show from the gate so we're just getting it going man we're just starting it um let me get you the quote of the day man shout out to Dontrell, willis d train matt lombardo two great top, two great guests man and uh Appreciate them coming on. Let me get you the quote of the day, man. Continuous improvement is better than delayed perfection. I can't say it better, man. I don't think I can say it any better than that. Um, Continuous improvement is better than delayed perfection. I got young kids in the show, um, like one of my former slapdicks himself, TJ, who just asked, who is John Daly? So, uh, Josh... Fucking come over here and slap this fafa. Jesus Christ. TJ, man, I'm going to come see you. TJ, um, let me ask you something, TJ. Is your sister at Costco? Is your sister working at Costco? Um, doctor, I, I I went and had a drink with Dr. Mendoza. He said he, he saw your sister at Costco. Um, but shout out to TJ, man. great One of my former players, man. Great dude. Um, he's a slap, though. Uh, because he don't know John Daly is, so everybody's going to blast TJ. Everybody blast TJ real quick. Um, Lots to discuss today, man. Got a lot of shit to discuss. Um, Contrary to belief, I'm going to do a country style, all right? A lot of you backwood fucks listening, you guys say teach ya and learn ya. You pedophile fucks say learn ya. That's what you motherfuckers say, learn ya. Because you learn the motherfucker instead of fucking teach you, holy shit! Some of you backwoods fuck, you guys say instead of oil, you say all. Is it all motherfucker or oil? Oh, TJ's clowning. TJ said he could block y'all. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was funny. You guys say wash or wash? Motherfucker, wash wash does not have an R in it. You backwoods fucks. It's not wash. Holy shit. Anyway, that's contrary to belief. I had to get that in real quick. Um, I got to get to the slapdick of the day, man. I got to get to slapdick of the day. He is a beer truck driver in Kentucky. And if you haven't seen this fuckery, Anyone living in Louisville, I'm sure you are drunk by now. But this is the slapdick of the day. He spilt an entire truck of Bud Light. Look at this picture. That is a million fucking bu- cans of Bud Light. And I mean, come on, dog. You are the slapdick of the day. Um, you is slapdick pretty why much. Why you calling me slapdick? Because
4: my dick slaps me across your face. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, man. Lucy Lucy kills me. Every single coach that is coaching on something right now is cute to Lucy. And um, come on, Lucy. They're all not cute. I do not see any. First of all, I don't judge men. I'll say that a man is decent-looking dude or he's a good-looking dude. Like Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, you're a good-looking dude. Um, you got a micro-penis, but... Why do you need to have 500 masseuse, right? Um, I don't know. You know, I don't have any pictures of him, Jada. Come on now, Jada. That's like me. That's like me coming out and saying this. Listen to this shit. And Adrian Peterson came out. And said, I caught myself a couple times looking at him. I'm like, golly, this boy's thick in those big quads. Adrian Peterson said that about Najee Harris. Now, what in the fuck is going on? Lucy, that is like me saying that fucking Dan looks good. <laughs> Are you fucking j- Kidding me? Holy shit. Come on, Adrian Peterson. No wonder you hit your wife. Fuck, homie. This is that motherfucker, domestic violator. Why is it always the domestic violence motherfuckers that are weird? God damn, homie. That shit shocks me all the time. Uh, Marshawn Lynch got a DUI, man. He looks about as fucked up as you could look. Um, You know. This is the thing. I was going to ask Trell about him. I didn't want to bring it up. Trell's from Oakland. I'm sure he knows Marshawn. Um, Marshawn got fucked up. These cats cannot figure it out to, to get a motherfucker to drive him. I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't understand. How he can't get out of his own way. Not only Marshawn. I like Marshawn. But hire a driver, you guys. Like, you guys have money. You have a lot to lose. Like, homie, I don't under stand Did Skittles fuck him up? Um, They found pills in the car. Probably was Skittles, homie. It was probably Skittles, dog. Come on, man. Um... But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, it is what it is. And uh, the Live Golfers, uh I talked to Pat Perez earlier. We had uh, Mark Kalkovecchi on yesterday. The, the Live Golfers sued, um, you know, the PGA, and they lost. Uh, for the three guys, I think Gooch, um, a couple other guys sued to go on the FedEx Cup playoff. Um, so, you know... That is what it is. I don't know if you heard Al Al Gore. Shit. Frank Gore, He's actually was arrested as well uh, yesterday, uh, same day as Marshawn Lynch. He's facing assault charges linked to some incidents of domestic violence in Atlantic City. Apparently, he's on film dragging abroad by her hair. I just, dog, I don't understand, homie. I don't understand. Damn this shit! Like these fucking shitbirds continue to do shit to women, blows my mind. You got to have some insecurities. Um, you got to have some insecurities with yourself after being a great NFL Hall of Fame's type of player, Marshawn. Too, what in the fuck are you guys doing? You have to have something seriously fucked up to put your hands on a fucking woman who's inferior to your body's type. And I just don't get it, man. I'm ashamed of men that actually do that shit. Uh, It's an embarrassment. Uh, They all need to get fucking castrated, man. Um, I don't give a fuck who you are. A lot of you guys defend Patrick Mahomes to a T. Uh, A lot of you guys defend the fuck out of him. I gotta be honest. And, and 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 you see when this motherfucker wraps around and does a wraparound pass or throws with his left hand. This is how a lot of you guys look. You dick riding fucks that ride my home's dick. This is how you guys look after he does a wraparound pass and you guys think it's all cool and you get on your knees and do this. <laughs> That's when Patrick Mahomes throws a football to all you fucking chief fanatics out there who thinks that this motherfucker is the best thing since site spread. That's what you guys all do. Like, what class is that, Lucy? Can I become a part of that class and see what they're doing? And and, and maybe I could be a test dummy? Is there a test dummy? Can can I be a banana test dummy? <laughs> I want to be the banana, not the fucking, the person throating the motherfucker. I want to be the banana. And I don't want to be the fucking one gagging on the banana. Holy shit. That is how a lot of you fucking Patrick Mahomes dick riders look. When you fucking see him throw the ball left-handed. Like, it's the best thing ever. Well, we'll see what happens uh, when he fucking don't win a playoff game. Um... Oh man, I don't know if you know, um, I know man, Jada's in the room though, so I'm going to talk to Jada as well, Jada said that's a head class, Jada, you been to one of them head classes, keep it real girl, I need to know, I need to know what's happening, uh, where's that class, uh, do you guys need test dummies, let me know, um, Do you guys know Deontay Johnson, the fucking whiteout who just signed a big deal with the uh, with the Steelers? This motherfucker is being sued because he didn't show up to his own fucking event. He hosted a camp, and he's being sued for not showing up to his own camp. Come on, homie, be better. You motherfucker, charge these kids to come to your camp, and you can't show up. Holy fuck! Come on, man. God damn. Um, Jada, you got to get a swimsuit. I need to see it on you. You need to send me a picture of it. I need to see some thickness in the bathing suit so I can see how it looks. Cause I don't need no skinny ass, no ass having thigh, having no titty, having girl in my swimsuit. So make sure you head on over, get that swimsuit and check it out. Um, Brian Martinez, I saw you pulled out. That's what she said. Um, you were about to buy something too, and you didn't get it. That's what I heard. Somebody told me. So see, I see it all. Dog. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. Come on now. Um, I don't know if you saw this fucking picture, um, or this video of a motherfucker. Basically, looks like this bitch got her fucking head knocked off in a fight. Thing That's kind of wicked looking. What what optics do, what videos do to you? It's unbelievable.
0: Can't go wrong. Oh, no, no.
2: That shit's comical. I thought that shit was unbelievable. Um, the new Denver Broncos owner, he doesn't even know who Roger Goodell is. By the way, he shouldn't give a fuck. He's worth seventy billion dollars and he is the richest owner in the NFL by far. But if you haven't heard what he called Roger Goodell, take a listen.
1: I'd like to thank Roger uh, Goodall, uh, Commissioner
2: Goodall, the, uh, and uh, we're just so That motherfucker called him Goodall. Like, good old boy. <laughs> that motherfucker, yeah, he's worth 70 billion, man. That motherfucker owns Walmart, homie. What do you think he's worth? Fucking $10? Motherfucker called him Goodall. Um. I don't know if you've seen this shit right here, man. It's fucking unbelievable, but this this is how fucked up we are. And I know I preach on it every single day, but this is how fucked up we are because we still don't know what gender we are. And take a listen to this shit.
4: Why does it matter? Oh, it doesn't matter to you. I'm sorry. I mean, but to me, I'm a male. Okay. Okay. So... What are you, so I can call you a sir or ma'am? What are
1: you? What would you assume looking at me? What are you? What would you assume
4: looking at me? I assume that you're a man. Okay. Okay. Ah,
2: that motherfucker said, I, I assume you're a man. Homie, she literally turned her camera around, dog. That has to be clickbait, right? <clears throat> is that the definition? Is that what clickbait is? Cause dog, I think that bitch made that up. There's no fucking way you're not you're that dumb to turn that camera on you looking like motherfucker. <laughs> oh homie, I do not get that shit. I don't understand. But again, Lucy that shit was in Texas. Ha, damn. I, I, I want to go to Houston. I'm thinking about it, but fuck. Everything happens in Texas right now. Um, that motherfucker said, I think you're a man. <laughs> oh, fuck, dog. I thought that shit is fucking classic. Um, I don't know, Lucy. Have you seen this? Lucy, check this shit out. (laughs) Lucy, where are you at? That's your boy, Big Ed. That's your boy, Big Ed, walking through the gym. That motherfucker has a 16-pound chain around his neck that looks like a fucking rope. Because its neck is so fucking big. Oh, dog, oose, that shit might be the co- most funny shit I've ever seen, right there. Hey, Josh, that motherfucker's in San Diego, homie. He's taking up. Uh, he's at your work, at your gym, dog. He's at the gym where uh, where the Padres play. Uh, workout at. Big air, dog. Oh, that shit is unbelievable. Isa, you just say some dumb shit. Uh, oh, man. We got some dumb motherfuckers in here. We got some straight dick riders. Jeff Wayland. You are another motherfucker. Cody Butts in the house. What up? Cody, what up, dog? Cody's a... Cody, you should call in right now, man. And uh, I put the I put the link in here. Cody, call in real quick, Cody, if you want. I don't know what you're doing. I put the link in. Click the link and call in, Cody. Uh, I haven't talked to Cody in a while. Cody is on, uh, uh what is it, Florabama? What is this show called on MTV, Bama Shore? Um. Uh, Man, I'll beat Big Ed's fucking ass. I'll choke the shit out of Big fucking Ed. What the fuck are you talking about, John Bogue? I'll fucking choke the shit out of Big Ed. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Come on, Nurse Court. You got to do better. You, you're missing two great guests. We had two great guests on today. Uh, Dontrell Willis, uh, Matt Lombardo, to talk all things uh, real. So you you missed that. Um Man, I can't really talk about the whole Nico thing. Um, but um I don't really know what he did yet. Um, uh to go back to Warren. I don't know why he went back to Warren. So shout out to my boy Cody Butts, man, came in the chat. Cody's a good dude. If you haven't watched uh Floribama, go check that out. I think it's Floribama Shore. Um I'm horrible with names on that shit. Um, I actually watched him on there. He's been on the show. He bought one of my puppies. Um, Cody's a good deal. Um, Man, you know what? You got to get up under him, Christian. Um, Christian's, uh, you got to get up under Christian's neck real deep. Uh, You got to almost grab him. You know what I'm saying? You got to grab his chest. You got to grab his chest and work up. You know what I'm saying? Christian, um, there's just not a lot of neck to grab there, you know, he's got no jaw, he has neck, he has no fucking jaw, that is the problem with Big Ed, um, look at, he has no jaw to grab, see, it's all one thing, that's all neck, homie, that's all neck, that's, that's the problem, you gotta go up underneath that motherfucker, and, and really get in there, um, so, you know, yeah, Josh Lewis, you're late, we already talked about gore, um, Man, I got to get to something I want to talk about. This is the epitome of what's going on in Texas, Lucy. Lucy, what in the fuck is going on with your city driving in Dallas? How can how can Dallas be that fucked up? Is that real? Is that fucking real, Lucy? Cause it looks like holy fuck you got you 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 can't even make that shit up. God damn, that shit is unbelievable to me. Um I can't believe that shit. I don't know if you've heard this story of Tom Brady. After he threw with uh, Drew Brees' little kids on the field, after they beat the Saints finally, after they got their ass beat the first two games, um, this is a story told by LaShawn uh, McCoy.
1: Another one, right? We, we played the, um, the Saints. This is a funny one. Don't kill me, Tom, this is a funny one, right? So they beat us twice that year, you know what I'm saying? Beat the shit out of us, right? Playoffs. They, they sweep us, so we get in the playoffs. Yeah. Everybody know that Drew Brees, he's retiring. He won the same, R won the same, right? So Tom's like, oh man, have you seen this that, all that great shit, right? We beat him, right? Tom out there throwing with the kids, him and his son, they, they throwing, uh, yeah, yeah, the, the like breeze, the, son, right? Yeah. Kissing the babies. There, we getting that uh locker room. I oh, got ass. I <laughs> 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 oh, got ass. Let's go. <laughs> Sit his ass down. <laughs> he like, oh. <laughs>
2: hey, man, a lot of people don't realize Tom Brady's a fucking killer. Tom Brady is a killer on that field. He don't give a fuck about all that. He wants to beat your ass. So, it is what it is. Um, Jay Mikey, drop these nuts. Because you're a fucking other troll. Um, so, yeah, you know. It's fucking comical, man. Texas drivers, w- worse than California. I'm like, holy shit. Um, I don't know if you've heard about all that shit that's going on. But that's that shit was crazy right there. Um have you seen this because this is what I'm going to talk about. This is an ongoing issue right now. We have ongoing problem out there, Houston. And we've seen the USFL where the kid had a phone and he actually films him tackling a player. They're so fucking worried about fucking tweet retweets and likes. These athletes have their phones on them at all times. And in Major League fucking baseball, this motherfucker, who just, to me, disrespects the game, disrespects everything that professional sports stands for, this motherfucker's phone falls out of his pocket, sliding into third base. If you haven't seen it, take a look.
3: Slides into third. His phone comes out of his pocket. Now that's a first. <laughs> and
2: there's
1: Adam Hammery. Dude, your phone is
0: down.
2: Like, homie, why is Pat McAfee always blasting the Pittsburgh Pirates and saying to sell them motherfuckers? Because of look who they fucking have on their team. Look at what's going on with these fucks.
3: Slides into third. His phone comes out of his pocket. Now
2: that's a first. <laughs> there's Adam Hammery. Dude, your phone is down. Like, I don't get that shit, dog. I've never seen no shit like that. He wasn't on IG Live, dog. Don't, don't say that shit. Was he really in his pocket? He's on IG Live? Or what? did he have his phone out during the game? That's going to be the next thing. They're going to have their phones on second base filming the pitcher pitch. Like, be real about it. Yeah, it's disrespectful. And if you didn't play sports, then you wouldn't understand that it, that is fucking disrespectful. It's very disrespectful. So, I don't understand. I don't get it. It's unbelievable. Um, Wildin with Wido Wednesday. Uh, Wido, you want to call in? Let me know when it's good for you. A uh, lot to discuss here. A uh, lot going on. But... The guy's fucking phone falls out. Like, come on, homie, it's unbelievable. Is he gonna be fined? I have no idea. Like, I don't even get it. I I couldn't even have my phone on me. I couldn't have anything so when I played. I couldn't wear jewelry. I couldn't wear have a fucking anything on me. I didn't. I just started. Even when I golf, I don't have my phone. I don't have shit. Um. I feel, like, boggled down, don't you? Like, goddamn. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just fucking unbelievable to me. Um, it really fucking blows my mind. I don't get it. This fucking shit is crazy out here, man. It's really crazy. Um, I, I showed the pitch that hit the kid, and I wanted to talk about it. This pitch. Oh, look out. This pitch hits this kid, the Little Leaguers, and the kid that got hit... Um, The kid that got hit basically hugs the pitcher because the pitcher is up in arms about hitting the kid, right? See, I'm from a world that I don't trust you. I don't trust you. So when I don't trust you, I don't give a fuck about you. This is what... Even though I talked to Dontrell about it and and I've talked to these other people about it and people are okay with him hugging them and all that, I don't really agree with it. My dad would have beat my motherfucking ass if I would have hugged that pitcher for hitting me in the face just because the mindset that I was raised up on. Not that I was going to go out and hurt this kid because he hit me on accident. We could tell that's an accidental throw. But the last time I checked, it was part of the game. And if you hit me, then I'm going to go to take my base at that age, especially at that age. I'm going to take the base, but I don't give a fuck about you. And I don't believe you're crying about me. I think you're a liar. I'm going to beat your ass now and hit a home run next time I'm up if you pitch it to me. See, I'm tired of this whole crybaby shit. I'm a cr- See, people don't understand. People don't get that this shit like this, escalates, okay? It becomes, let's sign your jersey after an NFL football game. Sign my jersey, you sign mine, right? This is where this shit starts. This is where it starts. And I I, I just don't understand damn dog i don't understand the pro- the people don't get the problem that this starts and creates and i think it's a trickle down effect i think i think it starts to build and get bigger and you know we got guys crying but i, I don't believe that motherfucker i don't believe you and i'm, about, I'm a, i guess it's a fine line on where you draw the line in the sand and I believe it's where you brought up, how you're up, how you're, you're bringing, you know, um, it's your upbringing. And, is, and, and I guess the fine line is, um, are we competitive during the, 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 the competition or are we contrite about a mistake that happened during a competition that we signed up for? That is where the fine line is, and that is why I have an issue. If it's happening inside those lines in the game of battle, competition, I believe it's all in. It's all go. I'm going to beat your ass. You try to beat my ass. Did you watch Hard Knocks last night, and you saw the two coaches, Aaron Glenn and Deuce, going at it, even though they're boys? They're boys off the field. They're trying to beat each other's ass during practice. I don't understand where that's where is that gone? Where is that gone to? And uh, I don't understand. You know, I don't understand and I don't get this whole soft thing. People don't understand. It's trickled into trading uniforms. Then it's trickled into me going out, running you over, shooting you in a mass shooting at a school, going to court. And you know what happens? What has happened, everybody? I I, I don't know what I did. I have mental health. I have mental health. And now I'm claiming mental health. Now I want to claim mental health. And you guys give them a pass. Oh, I accept your apology, sir. But they didn't have mental health when they ran you over. When this lady just drove 150 miles an hour in L.A. the other day and ran through fucking six cars, killed a pregnant lady. She didn't have mental health then. Now in court the other day, she gets sentenced to life in jail, apparently. She has mental health now. Delonte West has mental health now. The little fucking tennis player has mental health now. The fucking girl that smoked weed who who, who got booted out of the Olympics. Shakara, Kari, Shakari or whatever. Mental health now. Pete Davidson has mental health because Kanye blasted him on Twitter. Are you fucking joking me? This is why you guys accept it and, 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 and say it's okay. It's okay. That little kid going out to hug that kid who hit him is not okay to me. It doesn't need to be personal where I hold a grudge forever against you. But it also is, it is on, motherfucker. I'm going to beat your ass during this game. We could kick it one day, maybe, when I find out you really weren't throwing at my head. But I don't trust you. Two people in the world I trust, me and the other motherfucker ain't you. But we have too many motherfuckers believing these motherfuckers that, oh, I'm I'm contrite. Oh, I'm fucking, I'm this. Oh, I'm that. I'm sorry. We are what we do, not what we say we do. Please understand that. Please understand this. We are what we do, not what we say we do. Why is that not understood? Why is that not a grasp why is that not grasped? Why do when do you want to call in? When are you free? Let me know. Uh if you want to call in, if you got some questions to debate. Um, I might have a few for you. But you know, I, I don't know, man. I just want to know where the fine line is um about that type of shit. I got I gotta know. Um you know, I I just gotta know. I gotta know. Um, you know, Wido, uh, the link is right there in the chat. Try it like that. Usually you call in, it works for you because you got boost mobile. So give me a call in, me and Wido Wild in with Wido will come on here and uh, we'll get it uh we'll get it going. Um I'll pop the background in, wild in with Wido. So he can call in if he can call in, figure out his um, Boost Mobile and uh, we can get it going. Um, I have no idea what Winston Churchill's talking about, Sent an email. Um, I think, Winston, I think you're another fucking troll, right? So, um, please, get this. Uh, Wido, what up, man? Should, should the kid have hugged the kid?
4: Um, I don't mind him hugging the kid, coach. For the reason that when you do something that hurts somebody and it's not part of the game, I understand where you're going to go, go get him. Now, if he falls going for a diving ball, it's a different ball game. But me hitting you, you know, it's not part of the game, I guess, it, it even though it is, but I kind of get it. Um, I think he really went over to him when he saw the pitcher crying, Coach, to be honest. I think he saw that. He probably has siblings that, you know, when you see somebody crying, I'm going to go, hey, it's not that serious. Dude. Let me ask you this. Is fighting part of hockey? Yes. What's the difference? Um, it's the age. So, like I said, baseball hitting players isn't supposed to be, but it is a part of the game is what happens. But even in the major leagues, we see it. Some will, will attack, some, go, some will go run, uh, charge the pitcher. Some will be okay with it. So it's all about you. I just think that that kid, when he saw the pitcher crying, That's what made him go hug him. So, you
2: know, in major leagues, they pitched cats like that to get him off the plate, vice versa. It's a strategy. They actually hit them and then there's a fight. So, you know, obviously hitting him in the head, we get it. I I, I don't see that guy being a malicious guy and throwing it right at his head on purpose, right? I don't see that. Um, But at the same time, I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm not believing you. I don't believe you because I'm here to beat you. Like, I don't understand, Wido, why we can't separate the game from the human element. This is a game we signed up to. We're on separate teams. We're here to win the game. That's what we signed up to. We want to beat you. You want to beat us. You hit me. Okay, it's all good. Now I'm going to beat your ass in other ways. So I don't understand why we're having such a hard time defining the competition side of this game at all game, all sports right now, football, basketball, baseball, it's all being kind of tied in as one. Like, the Pro Bowl's a joke. Like, we don't want to hurt each other because we all want to save each other's bag. I, I, I'm just confused on why we have lost the competition element as far as you're on that team, I'm on this team. We have lost that. I don't give a fuck what age we've lost it at. We're, we've lost it at all ages. It ain't just babies. But... When the babies did that yesterday and I saw it, I'm like, fuck, we might be fucked. Yeah, we might be fucked because they're actually, that's a thing. These kids, are they've been taught this for some reason and it wouldn't blow my mind. I'm not going to say no crazy shit, but it wouldn't blow my mind if one of these fucking kids is the next fucking mass shooter of a school. That's the problem.
4: People don't realize that shit it trickles down. Which one, the one that gave the hug or the one that cried on the mound? Fucking both of them. I don't know. I gotcha. I gotcha. Because I don't. I don't see anything wrong with the dude that went to hug him. I think that's mature of him. That's big. Like I said, I don't think it's him being. Hey, don't worry about. it. I think he saw him crying. Let me go feel bad. The kid pitcher. Hey, man, it's gonna happen. What are we doing crying about it? You hit him. What's crying gonna do? It is what it is, you know. But here's my thing, coach. Because I don't mind that too much. What I do mind is the flip side on the youth football. Every catch, they're 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 going crazy talking crazy shit trying to fight somebody over an easy catch if a defender makes a play they're in their face Y'all, Yo, you suck i'm that guy I'm and in my head i'm like shut up bro you didn't even make nothing you didn't do anything yet make five plays in a row and if you're like the great barry sanders on to the next that's when you're a real dog so what do you think about that coach because football basketball we've definitely got that uh me 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 and i'm not a fan of it at the youth level
2: yeah but i mean like it's being learned it's a taught trait I, I, I mean, something's going on, and it's trickling upwards. Like I asked them, Matt Lombardo, I'm like, dude, yeah. starting at the high school youth level, and then we got youth kids going to different places. We got high school kids going to different high schools, and you got college transfer, and now you got NFL players wanting to get out. Um, whatever happened to just competing with the team you have to win the game? I I, I don't understand. We have lost that. We've lost that element. And I see this kid, which I understand this too, this is the problem though, that I, this is my rebuttal. Kids live in dorms during the college or the high school or this youth world series shit. They live together. They compete. They do, they do, uh, they do, uh, team building activities together, uh, all this type of old shit, right? Good at all. Well, and good. But it's like Deuce Staley and Aaron Glenn arguing yesterday on hard knocks. That's the same thing. They live together during camp too, and they're boys too. But when we get on this field, it is nothing personal. It's all business, and let's go get it. And if you hit me during a game, it is what it is. Like, I'm going to beat your ass on another element. I'm going to hit a home run. I'm going to steal a base. I'm going to do something. When they hugged, Wido, I believe the hug... Fuck both of their brains up even more than they did when they did not hug after the contact. Because I'm going to be honest, Joe Accord don't agree with me. I don't, I'm going to be honest. um, Instead of me trying to beat your ass and steal the base on the dude that just hit me. Now I'm fucking hugging him. And now we're all fucking warm and fuzzy inside, and now the next pitch may even be fucking worse. This guy don't have a killer instinct anymore to learn how to fucking steal a base to win the game for his team, who's in the dugout, but we're we're more focused on the lovey-dovey, huggy shit. And you wonder why we're gonna get our ass whipped in
4: war if we ever fucking go. I'm just telling you. Yeah, I just don't hold too much weight on them because they're kids. I think until you get to high school, even in the middle of high school, that's when you really realize, okay, for us to really succeed, for me to succeed, I have to lock in and say, fuck everybody else, it's me, even if we know we're going to lose. Until you get to high school, I don't think it's that serious, so I don't put in are baseball players, I don't put too much on that coach, um, but... Look at the NFL. I'm a fan of when we get big uh, games, Super Bowl games, college games, and you got the team who lost, the one, two, three players that stay on for the celebration. They're down crying. They're just sitting there, whatever. And you'll see a winning player stop the celebration and go over and embrace him. I love those moments. I don't know if you do, Coach. Maybe that's different because it's after the game, but I love that. Like, hey, man, even though we're going to war, I still love you because real players know – when you go hard, both sides, that's what brings and elevates the game. If you're just taking shit easy, like an all star game, I don't want to play, dog. You know, it's the nice guys that can flip the switch into killer mode. That's when you got to look out.
2: Hey, I don't know if you've ever seen this right here, but mother charged because two year old killed father. We got more of those scenarios going on right now with these young kids killing motherfuckers than we've ever had in our entire life. And this is why I'm not going to go soft on the kid going out to hug the kid after getting hit. I'm just telling you, these motherfucking kids know what they're doing, dog. They're fucking shooting motherfuckers right now. So. That is the problem. What are we teaching them? We're teaching them, okay, oh, we want to be soft and all this shit. You know what you're setting yourself up for when a two-year-old shoots your daddy in the face and then you're still contrite and sorry? That's what I just think. Shit adds up and it starts to stack up, and we're just continuing to be more forgiving, more forgiving, and we continue to fuck up more and more and more, though. That is the problem I see, and that is why we're so fucked up and soft man
4: right now i just i just have the issue with the with the whole thing um and you know i'm with you on the soft coach but that issue i think is more of a stupid parents can't blame the two-year-old that's not so much soft that's stupid people we got in this fucking world
2: yeah you
4: got a bunch of grenades around the house the two-year-old's gonna drop the grenade as well you know what i'm saying she's like hey yeah i hear you um what else so what you got you got a question uh, I don't got too much. I can pop one off the head if you want. I didn't know if you had any. Nah, no,
2: nah, I'm just chilling. I'm, I'm just chilling, today. Yeah. I thought that was good to talk to. Um,
4: I'm always vibing, Coach.
2: Yeah. Um, we just chilling, man. I wanted to just um talk to you about this. I, I I got a. I got a real poll question for you. I want to ask you though. Yeah. Better to give or receive. Better to give. You rather eat pussy or get your dick sucked?
4: Uh, if it's great, <laughs> uh, I'd rather eat pussy. I'm just keeping it a stack I haven't had many girls that can give good head. Uh, I'll just keep it real. Most times, I'm just like, <clears throat> all right, we're good here. And I'll just take over from there. But just keeping it a stack, I haven't found too many that are pros. Very good at what they do. I'm very good at what I do. But it's not everybody, Coach. <clears throat> Let's keep one thing... Squared away But I enjoy doing that Much more than just Laying there Looking at a bitch like all right.
2: Hey Jada hold, Whoa Jada What's up now We talking about What you talking about You like to give Give what I gotta know What's going <laughs> on here uh, Jada Um No, I wasn't talking about giving head. I I wasn't trying to go there. I was just asking if you're a giver. I'm a giver by nature. I'm just being honest with you. Uh, I'm not talking specifically right now in the bedroom. I'm just saying as far as a giver, I'm a giver. I've always been. Christmas time, I love it because I give random folks shit that I've never met or seen before. That's just what I am about. Um, But that's just what I, you know, that's just me. You know, that's just what it is. Um, let me ask you this. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to get your take on if I own Twitter. You, <clears throat> coach me. Jason Brown, do you own Twitter? I own Twitter. I bought Twitter. Elon Musk gave me the money cause he didn't want to do it. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm taking over Twitter. I want to know. I want people to fight me on this. This is JB's Twitter philosophy. If I own Twitter tomorrow. Here we go, Wido. Everybody's verified. Everybody's verified. Well, Coach, that takes away the fucking meaning of being verified. No, it doesn't. This is why. When you become a Twitter member and you sign up, we're going to do a face recognition camera right there, just like you're at the DMV getting your driver's license. You're going to show your social security card. And it's going to prove that it is you. I don't care if you have four accounts or any of that shit. You're going to show who you are right on the spot. You will eliminate the bots if everybody that is legit is a Twitter verified guy. Yeah. Why has nobody thought of that?
4: Um, Who knows, coach? now is that is that is that something that people is
2: that so where am i fucked up at is that totally out the box am i like or is that just am i
4: retarded uh i wouldn't verify everybody i think the verification is good it just it needs the sign up process needs to be more in depth like youtube it's harder to make a youtube account than it is to go make a quick uh, twitter account you could probably use the same email multiple times that's what they need to do one email per account Keep it rolling. Because if you're
2: verified, the, term, the definition of verified is that you verify yourself right fucking there. That is a verified person. Now, it doesn't matter. You're going to know Michael Jordan if he's verified. Even yeah. though you're a nobody, verified. Verified.
4: Right. I, I yeah. I do like the blue check aspect to let you know because there's multiple. You know, let's say JB's super famous. There's multiple JB accounts trying to be you. I want to know which one is actually posting. Yes, you you're me. So I still like the yeah. yeah. yeah I still like that. Because the, the bot is not verified.
2: The bot's not Correct. verified. All these other fucking dick face fucking Instagram models that have zero followers that follow you and you're looking at it like, what the fuck is this? She has 37... She's following 37,000, but she only has 100 followers, right? You're like, okay, what the fuck's going on here? Verify means verified. You verified the human. Dog, there's people being verified... That is the, the verified people are, are only celebrities and these fucking people um, that are somewhat in the news, the media of some sort. There's some verified people that have only a thousand followers. They're, they're a guy on the news, right? That, yep. uh, okay, cool. But it doesn't mean that you're, you're, you're a verified human. They're giving out these checks to people that are, are somewhat Googleable. So yeah. that's what I don't agree with. I think the verified humans should be the, the people making Twitter the money. Everybody. right? And these and bots th- should be eliminated. And as soon as you see a guy on your thing that has no mark, you block them. And you get yeah. rid of all the bots. When all the billions of people on Twitter do that, you get rid of the bots overnight, seemingly.
4: Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, shit. They should censor it. Super big, They've and, the, the and then you're in a world
2: shit. of real exactly. fucking people, and now you're in a world of real people, and you're making um, the 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 platform so much better. I, I mean, I think you should do it with Instagram. I think you should do it with with um, with with Twitter. I think you should do it with Facebook. I think everybody should be verified because that's what it is. And then, dog, you're gonna know if if you're talking to the Rock, and the Rock knows. That you're a real fan that can't really do any harm because we've all been verified through the process. I, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking it's the greatest fucking idea in the world. I, I, I wish some motherfucker pay me for it.
4: Yeah, I just I've never been a fan. I got a wide o bar and a wide o rap, and I said these ver er, these blue checks make them feel reckless. Verify people sending out the wrong message, and I'm not saying that my shit perfect, but I'd rather say nothing than just get to working. So get off Twitter if you really hurting, cause some tweets mean nothing to the people lurking. Damn, it's why we'll be meeting some. I bet Coach I'm gonna go crazy, but it's just like I've never been a fan of the. Hey, check I agree with that. Or somebody, but I think your mindset would change if everybody was verified. See, I just don't know. I don't know if I'm following you there. If everybody has the blue check, then there's still going to be multiple Coach JBs. And now the bots are the people with no followers. What I'm doing, I'm, if you have over 1,000 or, or whatever your follow and follower account, if they're the same, that'll match up. No, so there can't your... be multiple JBs verified. So you're, yeah, I'm, I'm mixing the terms. So me verified means the check, this is the one account that we all know is him. Because that's really what the check just means. You can have 1,000 yeah. followers, yeah. have a blue check, real. It's just,
2: yeah. So you, why though, you're going to have your, you're going to be
4: verified. Yeah, I'm with you. So you're just saying every profile, to even be on has to go through a verification process. Now you're in.
2: Hell yeah. Right now you can sign up 3000 accounts. Yep. So let me hear. I have, I have the real coach J B, right? It's verified on Twitter. Then I have the podcast. It's got like 6,000 followers. It ain't huge, but it's not that small. It should be verified as well. Right. But it's not, but it's the podcast, right? Then I have a slapdick. I have a slapdick. Uh, spirits account that should be verified. And then I, even if I did it through my LLC verification, it's still me. It's just my third account. We can all have special accounts, but now they're verified compared to you making up some slapdick whiskey thing. You're fucking around with Jack Daniels on there, fucking being a slapdick. And now it's a bot situation or a troll. And, we have a million of those
4: where it's really we could have three accounts. They all could be verified because they went through the process. So I don't know. I'm- and, and I think we're arguing it like it's like a, a somebody's not controlling this because I got to remind myself, yeah. these people on Instagram, I think they like it. Because if, if we take all the bots out, we're going to lose thousands, hundreds of thousands of potential users. That probably looks good for a company to say, hey, Instagram. And why don't they give a check to Dave Portnoy? He's got all the followers, but they choose not to. So they pick and choose who well, to... It took, it took them forever to give me mine. Right. And then... You, know you, you <laughs> had to apply, right? I
2: didn't even apply. Um, they just
4: coming to you. We,
2: we, we reached out to them finally and said, listen, why, we, we noticed. Why aren't we verified? We're seeing all these other fucks that are verified. I want to know why I'm not. So they finally did. But on Instagram, I used to be verified. On my bigger account, when it got shut down, Instagram just basically wiped it out for no reason. Yeah. Now we've tried to verify the new one. Uh, you know, I've only been back on it, what, five months or whatever. It's all, I, I think there were like 11,000 followers. But we should be verified. They keep saying you can't get verified. But I've seen guys literally get deleted and get back verified. So it's all bullshit.
4: Now, I got one question for you, Coach. Oh, you talked a little bit about the hard knocks. I loved it. Are you a fan of – I know you didn't like the crime. Are you a fan of the mentality of hitting sooner so you're more prepared earlier? So let's, let me verify. Let me clarify. I do like the crying. I okay, do like okay, the okay. crying by the
2: player. Wait, Play, I meant Campbell. I, I like I like crying by the player. I like crying by the coach. I don't mind crying. The issue I have is what I said yesterday. I'm like, it's, it's ironic because Dan Campbell cried last year. They were shitty. And I said, in the NFL, when you seem to cry, when you're a shitty team, you seem to have another shitty year. And... I like that he cried because he showed some passion to his players. That's all fine and well and good. Um, I just, I'd rather just say, you know what, dog? We got shit to do. And uh, we got to get this done. And it ain't about fucking uh, crying or not anymore. Tebow cry. These are grown men in the NFL who really give a fuck less. And your crying probably affected one person out there out of a 100, if I were to guess. And. Because they're worried about going and spending money right after that practice, right? Yep. They're worried about going home to their kid if they're older. They're they're worried about going home to their wife if they're older. They're not worried about you crying, dog. It's a business now. They're all in it for their own. It ain't the same as it used to be. So I just want to clarify. I don't mind the passion. I like it. That's why I posted it. But at the same time, it's like this is a different world, different generations. These cats don't care. The pad thing... The NFL is not what – you don't watch the NFL if you want to learn how to tackle, number one. You don't watch Correct. the NFL to learn how to tackle. It's the worst tackling there is. And number one, number two is because it's being taught at the, the lower level so horribly, it's just going forward. And when they get to the NFL, they don't even wear pads for first two or three weeks. And what happens is – um with the rules and how they are to protect the offensive player, the quarterback, the runner, it has basically made NFL unsafe as it ever has been. And these fuckers don't want to realize that. They don't understand it. They don't want to get into the biomechanics of it. And, you understand, and you're you seeing more knee injuries, more hamstrings, more other issues right now than we've ever seen because of the acceleration, de because they're worried about getting a flag thrown or a targeting call, and now we're injuring more players on defense than we've ever seen in camp because of those yeah. reasons. And that is what people don't want to face. And a lot of guys that don't know fucking football and what they're doing or talking about is the people making decisions.
4: Yeah, because old school football was 100 mile an hour, 20 mile an hour, all game, every game. And now, like you said, they're having to picking and shoes and that's where you fucking like I had I had I had, your, I had the good
2: the dude on yesterday Dari Noka great great gas he you know he's big time SEC host and I don't believe he should have a Heisman candidate choice I don't believe he should be a voter and I, I asked him yesterday what he thought I said why do you think you have the right to be a voter I said and I could have bro- I could have broke down a lot more things into it that are in depth but I'm like you know why do you think you, ha- you should be a voter And what gives you the right to put this person's future in a person that's never played hands? Stephen A. Smith has a vote. Fucking, we get all these cats that have votes that just have no clue what it's like to be in that locker room on a day-to-day basis. Handling academics, handling your personal issues you got going on at home, which I I presented those questions to him. And we've talked since, too. And he was like, man, that's a great question. It fucking threw me, you know... and then you heard him say, I basically got fucking a vote doing nothing. Right. So he got a vote and like, oh, do you want to do it? It's all who you know, who knows you. And that's kind of unfortunate when you're putting these young kids uh, futures in some people's hands. And I like Darry, I think he's a great fucking analyst and everything. But unless you've walked it, I don't know if you can talk it.
4: But that's scary, Coach. He wasn't prepared for that. I mean, to me, all of the pit voters should, the first question to be elected should be, why do you deserve this? Hello, motherfucker
2: said. I don't think that should even be the question. I think the question should be, I need to see your game film. I, your you game. have to have played. I don't, I don't think there's any other question about it. You have to have played the sport and been in tune with these guys in a locker room situation. Before you can vote on a motherfucker playing the sport you've never played, it makes no sense to me. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how many, I guess you could be a car mechanic at a NASCAR car without ever driving it, but can you be a NASCAR driver without ever driving before? Can you ju- you've never drove a car, yeah. White O, and you just jump Let. into being a
4: NASCAR race car driver? <laughs> Come on, dog. No, you can't. No. I'll give you there's not I will say I never drove before my driving test other than GTA and I smoked that driving test coach so you never know it's all about what you do but I'm with you for sure yeah you're special I drove a stick in my fucking driver's
2: test I had to drive a (laughs) stick shift dog um but you know I I don't know I I just don't think you can get the car the key car cars to the key and just go straight in and you know I just think Either the former Heisman Trophy winners should vote, along with along with football coaches, right? Why not coaches? And I and I also think the current players in college football should have some sort of vote. And you compile these three types of people involved, and then you get a, a, basically a, a gray area vote. So you get current players, you get past winners, and you get coaches. And if you got those guys all on the same page to vote for the Heisman, um, I just think that that's what I think it should. I think that's what it should happen. That's just period. What I think should happen. But you know, we got guys that are voting it, and I just don't believe that they should be. I don't think they they
4: really have a. Uh, vote when you're at deal. indy did uh did you guys have like preseason conference rankings because when i was in college yeah. we had that and it was the, yep. the coaches that voted it and yep. it was like a very respectful so when i got the job at indy more. we were
2: rated we were voted last we won the whole thing when the second year when we were the best team we were voted to win it all and we finished last or second to last same with us <laughs> same with us so I, I always know those voted. votes mean
4: the diddly shit you know what i mean but it was the head coaches voting on the teams though yep Yeah, To me, like when we got that number one, it was like, oh, man, it's even better than winning last year just because we got the respect and nod of everybody else. Yeah. And that's what also hurts the kids
2: when they hear it, too. Yes. So you come back and you say we're number one. We're supposed to win it, motherfuckers. Then their assholes all pucker up. And now you're sitting there like, shit, we got to win now. And then, you know. How much onus can you put on the coach? You, you know, now you try to put the pressure on the kids. Hey, man, you got. I, I give you all this shit, Adidas, yep. food, this, that. You gonna give back to me by winning these games or what? Like, so that's how I flip it, right? You know. So you got to have a. You got to do a mental game. You got to play a mental game, but you got also, you know, love those guys and, and get the most out of them. But the coaches voted because they they knew what you did last year. They they yeah. vote you on recruiting this off season. How what kids you brought in. And obviously we killed it every year, but then that year, year two on Netflix, I think it was, we had too, too many bad pieces in a nucleus that was just wanting
4: to be on camera instead of playing on the field. So that is And you it broke is. it down perfect. And my team should have <laughs> had to. We won my conference title the first year I was there. Second year, we should have won and we fucking flopped. We thought we were the great players, which we were, but they didn't realize what JB broke down. You got a fucking bullseye on your back. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats.
2: Yeah, it's it's fucking crazy, man. Um well, I appreciate you, Wido. We'll get back together next week. I'll be back tomorrow. Always I got so- John Daly coming on the show, man. I gotta get the fuck out of here and get ready for that. And I gotta go uh get this uh, uploaded and uh it's already we're already two twenty in, so appreciate you. Um Oh okay. Joe's in. Joe, you talking now, Joe? What up, Joe? I gotta one second, I gotta get out of here. What's going on? You you're muted.
0: All right, real quick, real quick. Can you hear me now? Yeah. I think at that age for little league, man. I think at that age, that kid made an instinct. I don't think it was taught by the or the coach said, "Hey, go check on him." He looked over there, yelled at the kid's name like twice. Saw that he was. Now I agree that the the, the pitcher himself probably was a wreck for the rest of the game, but I think that the 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 the, the, the part where he went over and did that at that age, I, I think that's good, man, for that 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 age. I think that when you get into high school and all that. It's different, but I played in I played in the little league. I didn't go to the World Series, but I was in the regional. And it's just kids having fun. I think him just taking the chance of doing that or walking over and doing it was just a good gesture. Hey, but what? But but
2: when does it change? Like so? So you say you said? I think it, I think in high school. I think
0: high school. I I, think that's my different.
2: point, though. You just said in high school you get older, but but w- w- what triggers it though? So so my point on let's let's try to start teaching some. Even kill from the youth level on because what happens is you see this spike. You go from hugging the kid to high school. You're fucking gunning dudes in the head every day because you've turned psycho. So like this is I've seen this happen, Joe, a lot. And that's why I'm like, yeah. you know what? Let's teach the kid to be competitive and still show sportsmanship. I've never had a fight. I've never had one fight on my teams. My team has never fought another opposing team. But I taught to be an asshole every day. And I think that we're losing that. We're lost focus on this. We've lost how to control the narrative, and, and, and getting guys, getting the pit bulls to bark as loud as they can at the gate, and when the motherfucker walks in, they learn respect and understand I'm not biting this person because I've been trained to respect either my elders, my teammates, the game itself, or the fact that, see, I think it's a slap in the game's face to hug each other. That's just my personal opinion. I think it is a slap in the face To hug each other because the game is taught at the next level when they get to make money. What they're ultimately trying to do, that is a schematic. We're trying to get you off the plate. We're trying to get you back. We're trying to move you. And now you're saying, uh... You know, and I understand they're kids, dog. The kid factor, I just think everybody has a soft heart for the kid in anything they do. A a kid rides a a bike and falls off, we're going to be like, oh, shit, sorry. Let's let's go help him out. Uh, Compared to you, Joe, walking down the street and getting fucking hit by a car, nobody gives a shit. So I think we all have a soft heart for kids in general. I just don't, I think we're putting it, we're, we're not separating the sport from the act. And I think we need to be able to, there's a line in there. This is a competitive sport. Nobody has to hate each other during this 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 whole event. He hit me. It's all good. I don't think he did it on purpose. But now I'm going to beat his ass for hitting me. And then afterwards, we'll hang out in the dorm. I don't think, I just think that was a, was a thing that I, I just think it's perspective. Like I said, your way is fine. I think my way is fine. It's all about how you were raised and yeah. who brought you up. I would have had my ass beat by my dad if I would have hugged the opponent during a competition. I'm just telling you, that's just what it is. And my dad was the most loving human being I've ever been around. And that's just what it yeah. is, though, because...
0: Yeah, someone, real quick, somebody said it great. They said, by high school, what you're doing is you're thinking about, well, you just got beaned, so now the pitcher on, the, on your team needs to go after their, their dude, and or you charge the mound, or you do something stupid like that, because you're a little bit older, you're a little bit more competitive. But I think at that age, I think he's, it's just he thought, hey, I'm going to go check on that kid. Yeah, why don't get out of here? So I'll get out of here, coach. Nah, I'm I appreciate you guys. Why I appreciate you guys? I'll talk to you guys uh, later on. You got John? You got John Daly tomorrow? Yeah, John
2: Daly will be on tomorrow.
0: Oh, dude, I'm taking. It. I'll,
2: I'll see you tomorrow then. All right, bro. Um, Andrew Garcia, when did we fight Garden City? I want you to pull it up, show us when we got into a fight with Garden City. Since you know so fucking much, I want to see the fight that we got into with Garden City. Show us. I want you to show me, dog. See, you dick riders like you, Andrew Garcia, always got to talk, but you never have any backup. You act like I wasn't there, motherfucker. So you think, did, did the team fight or did they get across the 50 and just talk a lot of shit? There's a fucking difference between talking shit and actually having a fight like East Mississippi had, motherfucker. So now you should eat a dick up and shut the fuck up if you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, homeboy. Because I still have yet to have a team get into a bench-clearing fight. But since you know so motherfucking much, show me where we got into a fight. Because I sure didn't see no motherfuckers fight in that motherfucking game or any game I've ever coached. So eat a dick, you fucking dick riders. And... Start showing proof before you fucking talk. You motherfuckers are all the same. Talk, 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 but don't know shit. Hey, I'm out of here. I got to get ready to do a bunch of shit. I'll holler at you guys tomorrow. I appreciate you coming on the show. Everybody, all my guests, Don Matt. Appreciate everybody. Tomorrow, huge day. John Daly on the show live, one o'clock. Appreciate everybody. Peace.
0: Form you in the I hate a storm. Hell Mary's, I make it poor. Good I ain't lying. You little giants, we being defying right? what's the call? Speed of balls, breaking down the walls. We all lean once the coin gets. Tw-